0: What's going on, guys? Justin Barrick here with UWB. Uh, super excited to bring you guys the second installment, you know, the second podcast of, uh, you know, of what we're trying to bring to you guys. I'm here with Drake Bentley. Uh, unfortunately, I am on the phone today again uh, with all these COVID 19 procedures. Obviously, active duty. Um, you know, we really have to abide by those rules. So, hopefully, you guys
1: can hear me pretty well. Um, how you doing, Drake? Hey, what's up, man? Uh, glad to have you on here. I can't wait till we can uh, get past all this COVID stuff and have you in here in person. Agreed. Agreed. How you been?
0: Um, I've been good. Uh, Trying to keep busy during this quarantine days. Uh, You know, I'm gaining a lot of extra weight, um, so, you know, (laughs) a lot more reasons to love me. But, uh, yeah, other than that, you know, just just hanging out and drinking beer and having a good
1: time. Absolutely, man. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. Luckily, uh, you know, I've stayed kind of active throughout all this. The garage, you know, I have my own little gym out there, so that helps out. Yeah, you got a pretty uh, pretty sweet setup right there. (laughs) Thanks, dude. Um, So, a... One of
0: the major things, I guess, uh, before we get into everything, guys, uh, just some of the things we're going to be talking about is marijuana, uh, marijuana, and uh, federal legalization. Um, I think that's a big topic. A lot of people in the military and also civilians alike, uh, you know, are wondering when it's going to happen, what's going to happen, um, and also the backstory about why it actually is illegal. Uh, no-knock warrants, first amendment auditors, uh, qualified and absolute immunity. Uh, just a couple of the things um, that I'd really like to hear your stance on. I know you have a lot of things to say about it, also. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, So, first and foremost, marijuana legalization, what's your stance, um, and also why? What is your stance on...
1: So, uh, my stance on marijuana legalization is I believe that it should be something that should be legalized in all 50 states. Uh, It's just kind of strange to me, and I understand the premise of it, um, where one state can have it legalized, but another one can't. Uh, Alcohol is far more addictive, far more dangerous whenever you consume it compared to marijuana. Um, now, marijuana does have addictive properties, but nonetheless, uh, it's not nearly as insane as alcohol. Of um, you know, I, I think that the government needs to release their reins on the American people and allow people to be adults, uh, and that's the most important thing: is our individual rights as not only human beings but as Americans uh, to consume something that grows out of the ground. I
0: love that. Yeah, I think I think you definitely touched on a good point there. Uh, going back to individual rights. Um, I think it should be our rights as Americans. If we want to smoke weed, you should be able to smoke weed. And I think looking down to its you know, exact properties, you have CBD oil. Um, you, know, you have this being used in an actual medical capacity, mm-hmm. and it's doing a lot of good. You're right. Um, so The fact that you have something that is actually you know, slightly disrupting pharmaceutical you know, companies, that, is, that speaks bounds, leaps and bounds about what we're going through right now. Um, the fact that alcohol is illegal. Alcohol is a drug. Yeah, caffeine absolutely. is a drug. Sugar is a drug. You know, 10 times more, you know, uh, addicting. What is it? They crack. And they've actually done really good medical studies on this. Um, so to look at it and say that a plant truly grown from the ground that actually does have a lot of really good healing, you know, capabilities, to say that that should be illegalized, that's, you know,
1: seems pretty crazy to me. Seems pretty bonkers. Yeah, I agree completely. And, you know, uh, marijuana or potheads, as, as they're traditionally called, they have a bad rap. Um, and they have a bad rap because... People think that you go out there and you, you get high and then you don't do anything, but people also don't realize that a lot of business owners, a lot of really successful people smoke marijuana. Absolutely. Uh, and not even smoke it. They just ingest it through either brownies, cookies, or edibles. edibles um, yep. You know? And so generally if somebody is smoking weed and they're lazy, after smoking weed it's a discipline issue. They're not disciplined enough to be able to handle it.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, and that also, I believe that also feeds into the brain development uh, because, you know, your brain doesn't fully develop until you're 25. And uh, uh, you see a lot of young kids that are doing it, and you're going to have cognitive brain issues. So I, I do believe that there should be some sort of law put in place between an age limit, a scientifically backed age limit, not something arbitrary like 18 or 21 just because we say someone's an adult, but because we really do care about their mental health and their uh, their physical well being of their brain, so yeah.
0: No, I definitely can understand that. Um, I think the twenty one. I, I personally agree with the age. I know a lot of the states. I think all the states uh, is twenty one to legally purchase. But I I definitely agree with that. Actually, going for a scientific backed age, absolutely, uh, for people to be able to do it. And obviously, that you know it's going to suck for eighteen year olds, twenty one year olds, if you're not able to do it. But when it does come down to, you know, actually having a cognitive effect on your brain, I think it's a very important. Very important subject right there uh, to talk about what actual age limit to do it. Um,
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think that we need to just view the way we uh, – so it, it's an interesting take, the way Germans view alcohol. See, Germans, they're able to drink alcohol at a very young age. Sixteen? Yeah. About, uh, I, I can't remember the age. I believe it's 14. lower than that. Um, I believe it's lower than that. Okay. Um but they're able to drink alcohol at a younger age, and so they have a common respect for it. By the age that they're twenty-one, they don't go out to get wasted like Americans do. Okay, so I think that we just need to have a good logical argument, a good logical discussion on it, and uh, make appropriate laws that support scientific backings and the people.
0: I love that. I love that. Um- so I guess to kind of, to really go ahead and get into this, uh, let's talk about why it actually is illegal. What, you know, the history really backing behind this, because I know a lot of people don't know it, but Absolutely. Would, genuinely would love to. Um, so, so what do you got? Uh, so what I got, uh, so basically we're going back all the way to the 1930s. Uh, this is way back in the day. Um, so it starts off with this guy named William Hurst. William Hurst was invested into millions of acres of lumber, uh, you know, just basically the lumber industry. Um, you had another guy named Luman DuPont, who is the uh, the owner of Petrol Oil. And then you also have a guy named Andrew Mellon, uh, who is a very, very, very successful banker um, and also was a partial owner of Gulf Oil. Uh, so basically, what happened with here uh, is you had three guys that were looking at a um, basically a attack on their investment. Uh, so marijuana, when, it, when they first started talking about it, was looked at to be a billion dollar industry. Okay. And what's actually amazing about that is when you go to uh, Colorado, over $1.02 billion in revenue. Absolutely huge taxable revenue. Taxable revenue. So that is all money for that state right there. Um, so it's actually pretty amazing to see what they were saying that it was going to be and it is that. Absolutely. You know? So I think that's a fantastic thing. Uh, but so basically what ended, in, uh, what ended up happening is William Hearst and these guys ended up starting to release a uh, basically a racism agenda. Um, based on marijuana. So they were releasing flyers and posters and all sorts of stuff really targeting the Hispanic community and the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, talking about basically marijuana is the enabler of a lot of really heinous acts that were going on and it really just fueled this, uh, just this disgusting racism, you know, rant uh, yeah. towards it. So then what ended up happening with that, though, uh, is in 1937, the, uh, the Marijuana Tax Act of 1937, um, it got, you know, they ended up getting very successful with it and all the way... Uh, It's where FDR ended up signing the ban of marijuana, which which is truly insane.
1: Want to hear something a little interesting? Please. So, the Americans were so uneducated by what marijuana was that whenever they attached a racial campaign to it, they attached it to the Hispanics. And so the Hispanics spell marijuana, they replaced the J with an H, so it's marijuana. And so, whenever it went before Congress, it wasn't even in the proper English. So uh, whenever it was voted upon, that was so racially backed by uh, by essentially hatred and uh, fear mongering that they even spelled it wrong in politics. It's yep. just it's just kind of funny that
0: looking at it right here, the uh, yeah the Marijuana Tax Act of 1937 is honestly spelled with an H. Yeah. And did you also know? Um, and I and I'm not going to push any fake information here, but I do know this for a fact: marijuana is actually not the legitimate right term uh, mm-hmm. for this plant. It's not actually even originally called marijuana. Um, I, I forget what plant this had to do with. Was it, was it tobacco? Was it or do you? Or...
1: Let's see. Because I'm
0: trying to think, and I remember hearing this very diligently. It was, uh, it, it wasn't marijuana. That's basically the uh, the slang that they ended up using okay. for it because I think it was used within the Hispanic
1: communities. See, I, I actually don't know anything about that.
0: Okay, well maybe yes. Here at some point through this, I'll, I'll reach back to that and. Um, cool, man. So that uh, is so. Something that I did kind of want to talk about. Um, I guess branching off into two things. One would be the you know the medical industry uh, for marijuana, and then also uh, the tax revenue that we can receive from it. So uh, what is I guess what's the biggest pro for you? Seeing if marijuana does get legalized, are you looking at it from a money aspect, or are you looking at it from a you know disrupting a multi-trillion-dollar pharmaceutical? you know industry so
1: I look at it from a bunch of different aspects and it's really hard to look at it from just one because there are a lot of positives absolutely Um, and now I'm I'm sure that a lot of negatives or I wouldn't even say a lot I would say that some negatives exist but they're not dominant like the positive ones and the reason why I think uh, uh, I agree with it with the medicinal side of it um, is it does have a lot of benefits Um, you know uh, in between cancer, uh, now I'm not saying it's going to heal cancer because it doesn't but what it does do is it allows people who are going through chemotherapy to get their diets back. It allows them to be able to eat because one of the side effects of chemotherapy is chronic throwing up. You continually vomit constantly because of that treatment. It's a very painful treatment. and. It, you, it causes you to lose weight and lose your appetite. And a lot of people, they ingest edibles while they're going through that treatment, and it causes them to regain their diet. And it puts them back at a healthy level, as healthy as you could be with cancer. Uh, not only that, but it's an individual's right to choose what they want to ingest inside of their body. Now, it, it is a government's place to protect its people, and that is one of the purposes of government, is to protect people and the well-being of the nation. But Whenever we figured out the history, just as you went on, uh, of what marijuana of, or why marijuana was illegal, illegal in the first place, you tend to, you've come to find that it's just greed um, and the benefits of marijuana are just incredible. So
0: I think that's a pretty crazy thing to talk on um, is the fact that you know, you're talking about government protecting its individuals, protecting us as citizens. Um, what are they protecting us from? When it comes to weed, that is that is the big thing here because when you really look at it, it's not a conspiracy. You're not a crazy, you know, cheese head talking about it. It's a real thing. You're looking at marijuana, um, you know, it's not, there's not been a single, I need to make sure everybody's clear on this, um, there has not been one single death related with marijuana. Anything. Um, I'm not saying that an idiot can't go, you know, rip a bong or anything like that and drive and be an idiot. You obviously have to do it, you know, with some kind of, you know, limitations. Uh, but when it comes down to it, you cannot ingest too much marijuana. The way Joe Rogan talks about it, you might think you're going to die, but you never actually.
1: Do. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Absolutely. And you know, um, I think that it's not about governmental protection anymore. What no, I think not. it's about is governmental control and overreaching. I think that we're de- what we're dealing with now is a big pharma. I think big pharma now has their claws so deep inside of our government, and they're and it's a revenue for both of us, uh, both the government and the pharma companies. That they, uh, they choose to turn a blind eye to it and they realize that medicinal uses for marijuana are far greater and people would want to use uh, marijuana more than opiates. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're dealing with a really big opiate addiction and I think that if we could, uh, if we could find any way to, to put a curve to that, then we should. You yep. know, we're starting to put a little too much emphasis on money these days instead of the value of people's lives.
0: Absolutely. And I, I think uh, that's actually a very good point you just made talking about the pharmaceutical industry. Um, so just to throw a number out there, uh, and a little bit of dates here. So the global market for pharmaceuticals reached 1.2 trillion dollars in 2018, up 100 billion yep. from 2017. Um, and going forward, the global market will grow by four to five percent, uh, reaching 1.5 trillion. And that's based on invoice pricing, though. Um, I think what is going to majorly scare, and I, not what is going to, what does scare a lot of the pharmaceutical companies. Um, is the fact that THC can definitely increase appetite and reduce nausea. You're also talking about decreased pain, inflammation, uh, that, you know swelling and redness, and muscle control problems. So when you actually look at it, how many different you know pills and just things that they are... It gets rid of. It gets rid of so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when they start looking at it at a medical capacity, that's when it's going to scare them. So I think we're facing a... We're facing a different enemy when it actually comes to this. I think back then we were really more so for the lumber industry, right? You know, for the oil, because when you look at hemp, hemp is uh, what it, five to ten times more, uh, you know, basically biodegradable. biodegradable. Um, the strength of it is insane. The actual paper made from hemp is, is wild.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a better quality paper. It Not only is it easier to make, but it's just better quality. Exactly. Le- and it's more cost effective for companies. A million times more cost but effective. But since hemp is illegal, then they're not able to explore that avenue. Exactly.
0: Uh, so that's, I mean, you're, you're really talking about a product that can disrupt multiple,
1: multiple different, uh, not agencies, but bas- basically uh, industries. Absolutely, in and it comes down to the American people as well. It's because the American people have to kind of take it on the chin for a little bit. It's because we're so dependent on many of these products that are against marijuana, and we have to turn our back on them. If we really want marijuana legalized, then we're going to have to stand up for ourselves and kind of take it on the chin for a little bit until marijuana development grows. Well, I think the thing that
0: definitely uh, you know pisses me off the most, though, uh, talking about that, I feel that we have been taking it on the chin. Mm-hmm. We really have. I mean, you look at uh, what, what was it—the 1920s? We had the prohibition on alcohol. Was it the 1920s? Yeah. Okay, so you're looking at that. I mean, we have we had a generation right before us go through you know illegal alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very important to look at because now you're having a generation that is you know basically it's illegal for marijuana, and now we have alcohol shoved down our throats as if that's the only thing uh to basically take the edge off for us unless you you know you're getting prescribed vicodin or you're getting prescribed xanax or something like that we have legitimate zombie-like drugs and there is a major you know major opiate problem within america and i can truly say this from uh you know very close personal people that i have uh seen um also rest in peace uh archie you know uh for anybody listening that's back from wisconsin you guys will know what i mean um it, is, it takes away the soul and the lives of really incredible people, mm-hmm. really incredible people that I truly believe that if it was legal that you know, for somebody just to be able to smoke, I think that's a lot more, a lot more effective, um, and I think it's looking out for us a lot more.
1: May I ask you real quick, uh, who is Archie?
0: Uh, Archie, so way back in the day, uh, this goes back to Oconomowoc back in high school, um, I had actually met him through a few of my classes, and just the brightest, most sweet, genuine human being that you could possibly meet. Um, and I'm not going to go into specifics or anything like that. All I'm going to say is he was a very fantastic kid, um, you know, and along the line, you know, some things went, you know, obscure for him um, and definitely sort of trying into different things okay. he shouldn't have been trying on. But the family is doing <clears throat> absolutely amazing. Um, his brother is now working, I think, in Washington, D.C. Um, they actually have a massive, massive organization um, really battling opiate problems and stuff like that. Very so, good.
1: Um, they're doing a lot of good things behind it, uh, so you know. Sometimes it does take trauma to put yourself in the right mindset to help others. It does, and, and I think I, I think. I, with I, this- I apologize that you lost somebody that you uh, that you know and that you care for. Um, you know, this opiate addiction, it, it's able to sink its claws into anybody. Absolutely, right? and you have to be really cautious, especially people who are prone to surgeries or injuries. You know, you got to be really careful. Because even though it may cut the edge off then, you're really putting a harm on yourself later if you can't control the addiction.
0: And I think the scariest thing, uh, you know, that's going with that is you're actually looking at, you know, when people get addicted to these, it's not like they're sticking with what pills they're getting. A lot of times what ends up happening is they're not getting their script, they're not getting that. So you're talking about leading into heroin, you're talking about leading into a lot of other things that, you know, can subdue them in that same way. Um, You know, when you're stuck taking seven pills every single morning or, you know, all throughout the day, just to take that little edge off. Yeah, uh, absolutely. It leads you to something bigger, something harder. But isn't it crazy that that is what the pharmaceutical industry wants? They want you to be hooked on the drugs that they have. You look at cancer, you look at any, you know, really life-altering, you know, disabilities, even going away from back injuries and stuff like that. But truly, uh, you know, people that are actually having to take this to save their life, they don't want them to get better. And that's something that you hear about a lot and something that is very clear uh, to anybody's eye. All you have to do mm-hmm. is do a little bit of digging. They want you to be addicted. They want you, uh, you know, to stay a little bit sick because if you're not on there, they're not getting a paycheck. Absolutely. And another very big point. Uh, have you ever heard of Valiant? Uh, the, no, the I have Okay, so um, you, something uh, that might jog your memory a bit. Uh, do you remember with, I want to say was, maybe not penicillin, what is it the diabetes uh, individuals have to take? People that have insulin. insulin. So do you remember that young gentleman uh, that ended up? His company ended up buying that company that was making the insulin and spiked the uh, the price of by two thousand. Is, it, is he the same
1: guy that that had the AIDS? Yeah. Uh, yes. Really. The most. He, that guy's an asshole.
0: Okay, but you have to understand the guy, who, the company that was backing all of this was Valiant. Really. If you guys, and especially you, if you have not done research on Valiant Industries or Valiant Corporation, whatever it is, it is still running today. Uh, Basically, they were the most globally dominant uh, pharmaceutical private owned company like in the world. They were taking it by storm. uh, Stock market, they were killing it. Um, They were, you know, they were the next hot stock, basically to get on. Uh, What they ended up doing, though, uh, what some private investigators have done is they've actually gone back and looked at how they were making the revenue and their income. They would buy out companies. That was their that was their business model is they would buy out these companies. Uh, What they would do is they would just increase the price. They would jack it up two thousand, five thousand, all the way up to you know ten thousand percent into astronomical numbers, to where you have like lifelong il- illnesses. You have people that have to take these drugs who no longer can afford it, where they were going and spending one hundred twenty dollars a month, and now they're spending forty five hundred dollars a month. Um, yeah. So you're looking at a pharmaceutical industry is really a, it's privately owned. It is it is it's very evil.
1: It's sinister. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and, and I'd like to clarify on something that you said. Please, uh, please. So. He's saying that private—he's not saying that having a privatized company is evil. What he's saying is privatized greed in a capitalist environment is evil. Yes. So I just wanted to clarify on that. And I uh,
0: think—and what I should have kind of divvied up on a little bit more was the fact—I do believe that government should have slightly more control in that industry because you know what you're looking at—and I don't mean total control because obviously we know what the government can do with that, Mm -hmm. um, and that's not a good road to go down, but— the thing that they could have you know a little bit of an impact on is actually you know stepping in and actually maybe setting a price cap. Um, I know that they started doing that with the insulin and that was the one single company there. Um, but while they were in their hearings and stuff like that the uh, this it wasn't the CEO of Valiant. it was one of the you know chief marketing executives, whatever it was. Um, but basically they, they ended up claiming and saying out there, hey we are we are seeing what's going on we are going to lower our uh, prices and stuff like that. You're looking at it two or three years down the line they're still open and none of the prices have gone down. Sounds like corporate America. Uh, sounds like corporate America. Uh, so that is, yeah, it's it's scary. Interesting. It's scary. Yeah. No, I, I I don't know anything about that. Um, um, I believe it was on Netflix. Uh, if you guys want to hop on there, it was a, it was basically a show, a series going into what's going on in America. Different, you know, factions and uh, basically organizations that have really done wrong uh, with the people, and that was one of the ones.
1: Uh, gotcha. So okay. Definitely yeah, we'll end up checking it out. Yeah,
0: please look into that. Um, I'm trying to think. Besides,
1: uh, have you heard of CBD? CBD, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my wife actually used to use CBD. Okay,
0: okay. Right? Um, have you have you personally, you know, seen any good things out of it? Because personally, I've not actually witnessed you know so, the effects of CBD. So
1: yeah, um, it's a little challenging with with my wife's ailments. Is we, we use CBD and it worked. It worked with uh getting rid of our migraines. But unfortunately, uh, we were given the wrong information and we were told that if she took she took CBD that it would assist with uh, her seizure threshold so essentially her seizure threshold is uh, where after it goes past a certain point she's more prone to have seizures well we were told that it would heighten her threshold and that it would assist and mitigate any sort of uh, uh, seizure issues that that could arise well we were given the wrong information and we ended up doing a little more research and ended up talking to some doctors and they adv- advised us that it actually lowers her threshold, but we did see other differences between her body aches and her other pains that she has. It really, it really helped her out. Um, but we, we uh, decided that we were just going to take her off CBD completely just because the seizures is the big thing. Of course. And, uh, that is something that could kill her. And we didn't want to risk, uh, her being on that. Um, now, somebody who's uh, uh, able-bodied and doesn't have any ailments I'm sure it does wonders for him yep. but unfortunately she has a little more complications
0: absolutely yeah I know uh, so something I'm actually reading on here the FDA actually proved uh, the FDA approved a CBD based liquid medication um, called Epidolex uh, for the treatment of two forms of severe childhood epilepsy Dravet um, syndrome and Lennox Gustet syndrome yeah and
1: that's what the doctors have told us is that they see a good uh, a good uh foundation for it for children but whenever you hit adults apparently cbd affects you differently whenever you have epilepsy but gotcha. for children it works pretty well okay which i think is interesting it probably has to do with brain development and stuff like that okay
0: yeah i'm definitely am going to be doing a little bit more uh more research on that yeah i know i've heard a lot about people giving
1: cbd all to their dogs and stuff like that to kind of calm them down especially with seizures too yeah we've done that with our uh, with our three dogs is um because, unfortunately, uh, it's illegal here in South Carolina, uh, CBD is? No. Uh, okay, no, no. I, I forget where we got it from. I think we got it in Tennessee, and we ended up bringing it back. And um, we gave our dog some CBD uh, because sometimes they're just, you know, either they're anxious or they're freaking out. And, you know, they have a huge backyard they get to play in, but nonetheless, so sometimes they're just losing it. Um, and so we, every now and again, you know, whenever they're amped or there's a storm outside, we give them some, and, you know, it, it does help them out, calms them down a little bit.
0: I mean, it is kind of nice that you can just give them a few drops of CBD rather than having to, you know, give them some kind of tranquilizer. I mean, yeah, absolutely, like yeah. I
1: wouldn't, I wouldn't do that anyways. <laughs> no, of course not, but,
0: yeah, I, I mean, that just, I mean, again, that just speaks leaps and bounds about just some of the small little properties uh,
1: that go along with Oh, absolutely, them. yeah. I think that there's a lot of things that are unexplored whenever it comes to uh the hemp plant in general. So what do
0: you think uh, timeline? I mean, can you... Oh, timeline. <laughs> timeline for it? Because for me, obviously, federal, federal legalization, I think, is the most exciting aspect to this. Yeah, absolutely. Where everybody can do it. Where everybody can do it. We've talked about tax revenue. We've talked about, you know, the medical capabilities and stuff. Um, but more so for the military. Um, what I find really interesting is how the Canadian military handles it. Definitely. Um, you know, obviously, we can't drink eight hours prior uh, for arming up and stuff like that. So, you know, you have a time limit Uh, to when you can smoke and I believe it is 24 hours uh, for arming use of force and then uh, what is it Uh, is it a month
1: yeah it's 28 days for flyers so
0: 28 days for flyers I personally I
1: I would not mind that absolutely you know um They've also lacked their standards as far as, like, hair standards and oh, beards yeah, and they stuff. got beers, You know, right? I, I think that um, the individuality is really important. I understand the premise of being in uniform, but maybe a good concept for – maybe, you know, and again, this isn't anything that the military is saying that they agree with or disagree with, but I think that it should be open for discussion, is maybe they should take a look at what – if you've been in four years and you've uh, never had any disciplinary issues – then sure, we'll, we'll let you smoke weed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe you should prove yourself to be a uniformed soldier, uniformed airman, marine, sailor, whatever, whatever it is that applies to you. And then we'll release the reins on you a little bit and give you more freedom because you've shown that you have a capability to be responsible, which yeah. is kind of interesting.
0: It, it is interesting because you look at it, um, you know, why are we doing that with alcohol then? You got so many people that have just turned, you know, twenty-one, and they are definitely not exemplary, you know, examples of what it is to be an American airman or a, you know, a United States Marine or any 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 of the branches. I think what it t- really goes down to um, that pisses me off, you know, that we're we're going to let everybody drink. We're going to let because how many DUIs do we have to go through um, personally, especially being law enforcement? You know, we see we see a lot of drunk driving incidents. We hear about a lot of drunk driving yeah, incidents. Um, you know, I don't know. I, you know, those people could just be home smoking weed. <laughs> yeah. really, when yeah, it really, yeah. Uh, I, down I mean,
1: there's definitely obviously going to be a lot of risk uh, and a lot of time that goes into it because the military is a little behind as far as as far as that avenue goes, and understandably so because you know, 20, 30 years ago, they probably didn't think that this was anything that was going to come up in conversation. Um, but you know, as the society's progressed into a different mindset, uh, I think it's definitely on the table, and I think it's something that we should look at. Um, you know, I think that we would also see a suicide rate go down. I think that we would see people's freedoms go up as far as like, you know, because you are in a, in a way restricted whenever you're in the military. Um, you know, we're blessed to even be able to do this podcast. Um, uh, but I do believe that if just the range push back a little bit, if you if you could prove yourself for a time period, two, four years to be an exemplary, uh, again, soldier, airman, whatever it is, um, then maybe you should be allowed to smoke. Yeah. You know, you've proven
0: yourself. I agree. Um I think something uh you know to kinda almost tie into our our next subject, uh that I mean that would that would go along the lines of First Amendment, right? Our rights to actually be able to speak on this subject, right? Because obviously as it is Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. So um uh the the uh the federal government has really Big restrictions on military members as long as they're not operating in a official capacity and they're not wearing a uniform. Um, so you're allowed to protest, you're allowed to voice your opinion, you're allowed to say things, but you also need to make sure that you are always being professional, you know. And um, you just got to be careful. Um, it's better to be safe than sorry, um, especially whenever it comes to an active duty member. Uh, but you know. Luckily, the First Amendment does back us. Um, we're able to, uh, to voice our opinions, um, and that's why we always start it with, hey, these aren't the views of the Air Force. This isn't the views of the DOD, nothing like that. This is just how we feel. Yep. And, um, yeah, hopefully it takes off. No, I definitely agree. Um, so
0: on, uh, on the subject of First Amendment, I know something, uh, me and you have definitely talked about it a few times, uh, gone over some notes and stuff like that. What uh, What is your current stance with all these auditors, these First Amendment guys all you see on Facebook, uh, social media, all these different things, basically going up to a, uh, you know, whether it's a law enforcement agency, going up there, you know, taking videos and stuff like that, basically really poking fun of the law enforcement officers there, um, trying to get them to react, trying to
1: get them to basically just fuck up, trying to, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So it, we both dealt with these guys. Absolutely. You've dealt with them in Hawaii. I've dealt with them here. I've dealt with them in a couple of other places as well. Um, and, you know. There was a, uh, a group that, that came up to me and they were recording me, which I have no issue with. It's not that big of a deal to me. Um, and at first she was a little hostile. And then after she realized that, hey, I actually do have her back, but we also have laws that we need to enforce because you have to understand there's a different type of jurisdiction that exists on federal installations versus in the civilian world. So there's certain limitations and things that you can or can't do. I understand the premise of auditing. However, the amount of hostility is unnecessary. Um, I, a lot of these people are looking for quick lawsuits, they're looking for the officer to make a mistake because, you know, the thing is is you're dealing with human beings and human beings have the right to have emotions. Mm-hmm. And whenever you get rid of emotions in the job, then you essentially are running robots. You know, you're, you're a robot without a battery. It's dangerous. Um, and, and it is dangerous because then it's just black and white. And sometimes you need a little bit of a gray area. Sometimes you need to be able to have the proper discretion to do what's right. And I think that sometimes these First Amendment auditors, they're just these people that want to get out there and they want to get in this guy's face or this girl's face. And they want to record them and they want to say uh, spiteful things. They want to say things that are derogatory to them to invoke them, uh, to cause them to want to lose it. But here's the thing is you don't know what that officer just dealt with. You don't know if that cop just came back from a kid who killed himself. You don't know if there was just a, a vehicle accident where somebody just died, or you don't even know if there's anything going on in his personal life. Now, I understand you should have the right to always record. That is a public servant, and I completely agree with recording them, and I've always agreed with being recorded. I have no issue with that. What I do disagree with is the lack of common respect. The lack of common respect comes from the First Amendment auditors. You know, the Constitution was written for people who think logically, mm-hmm. okay? And... Whenever you run up to any individual, whether they're a public official or not, and you put a camera in their face and you're yelling at them, you're not a logical thinking person. Nope. You're somebody who just wants a quick lawsuit, you want somebody to react, and you want the city to settle for $80,000. You go on your way and then you hit up the next city. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's really what I disagree with whenever it comes to First Amendment auditors. I do think there, ne- there needs to be a little more law enforcement training uh, because I do see a lot of law enforcement making inappropriate calls or saying things that they probably shouldn't have been saying to begin with. Um, and getting physical or combative with them. Um, I understand, like I said, emotion-wise. You know, you have your right to emotion, but nonetheless, is it is this person's constitutional rights to record you at all times. Um, now, if they're on public land and they're recording on private land, they still have that right. You can't tell them that they can't record. They're always operating on public land, and they're fine. Um, so I, I'd like to see a little more training over to the law enforcement side, a little less... Uh, a little more respect from both ends. Uh, law enforcement understanding their position and First Amendment auditors understanding their position. Um, and yeah, that's just about how I feel about it.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of this is rooted, um, you know, really with social media and the media in general. Uh, I think what happens is you have these, really what you want to call them as Facebook warriors. Yeah. You know, somebody that will type up an entire, you know, novelty sized agenda. Um, really, what they believe in all that, but when it comes down to it, they're not willing to actually fight for what they believe in. They're not actually willing to do anything. So, really, social media warriors is what yeah, they absolutely. are. Um, but what you have is somebody exactly like you said. They're they're looking for a lawsuit. They're looking for a settlement from the you know from the government. They're looking just. I don't know. It's not. It's not really based on freedom. Really, I think what it stems out to is just a basic hate for authority. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is a major thing, and it doesn't help when you have media outlets fueling that fire. Where you know, all they're doing is talking about you know, well, uh, two white cops killed one black male. That shouldn't fucking matter. Yeah, the color should not matter. Um, what, what comes down to is it, you know whether it was just or unjust.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And now I will say this: is I do agree with uh, with auditors. I do agree with them recording. If something that's happened that is wrong, then absolutely, that department should be scrutinized. Absolutely. Uh, Just like the shooting that happened in Florida not too long ago, I even called the police department because it was so crazy, they ended up shooting the UPS driver, uh, just having an all out war with these two armed robbers and this UPS truck with the UPS driver. They're shooting around civilians, they're sitting there laying next to civilian vehicles. Just the, the whole thing was completely crazy. Um, and they should have been scrutinized, and I believe a lot of First Amendment auditors went down there to get on that ass, and they should have.
0: Yeah, no, I, I definitely I agree with that a lot too, because I think one of the the good things, not necessarily great things, um, but something that is kind of needed is they do they do keep law enforcement on their toes. They keep them accountable, uh, which is you know we're accountable for our actions, and same goes for law enforcement. They are the exemplary citizens that are you know supposed to be the sheepdogs. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Um, and obviously, I, from my personal experience and family member, I can tell you right now that we have, we have a lot of damn good men and women, uh, you know, for you know, supporting the blue line and are actually law enforcement. But you
1: also, on the the tail end of that, you have a lot of people that should not be law enforcement that are. Yeah, and I think that that also stems down to lowering of standards. Yeah. You know, I think that the standards are lower for law enforcement. I think they're having a hard time finding people, so what they do is is they just lower their standards. Not only that, but they don't get paid a lot. Um, and that's unfortunate because they do a really challenging job. You know, Absolutely. Uh, you know, it, it's just they're not appreciated now. I'm not the biggest supporter of law enforcement, and, I, and honestly, anybody who sits here and listens to me, they'll they'll figure that out eventually. But the thing is, is I don't agree with blindly hating someone just because they're in an authoritative position. Absolutely. Um, you know that a lot of these like there's a lieutenant here uh, in this county that we work in. He is one of the best cops I've ever seen in my life. He's just such a hardworking guy. He's caring. He's not one of those guys that goes out and gives you a ticket. And he's like that with his guys, where he teaches them to have a bigger purpose than just writing citations. And that's a big deal. Um. So yeah, you know, uh, I'm not the biggest supporter of law enforcement, but I do understand where they're coming from. Absolutely.
0: Sure. Hey, keep, yeah, keep going for me because you're. I, I'm loving the topic you're on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, you know, especially whenever I worked in the Guard. So I had a, a Guard job for six years and um, uh, in the Texas National Guard. And a lot of these guys are civilian law enforcement guys. They're, uh, they're either cops or they work for the DEA. Or, uh, they, uh, I, I believe that one of the more recent guys, uh, he got a DEA gig. Um, a couple of guys have branched out to other federal three-letter agencies. Um, and they're all hardworking good men who work their ass off. Um, and I would hate to see those guys put in a position to where they're being scrutinized for no reason.
0: Yeah. No, I definitely agree. So uh, my father-in-law, uh, I'm not going to give location or anything like that. Uh, but he is the chief of police um, in in his uh, area. And I think a – Give him a shout-out. No, uh, yay, Jeremiah Fears. How are you doing? Um, <laughs> no, yeah, he is a – If he
1: was an elected official, which he obviously is, then people love him. No, so. And he is a very, very good man.
0: Yeah, um, good. You know – But that is, I think first for me is looking at, you know, the man that he is, what he believes in, what he stands for, um, and the things that he's done. Uh, He actually had to deal with one of the active shooters that was, uh, I don't want to skew the date up, but I would say a year and a half ago, about maybe two years ago. um, There was an active shooter incident, um, you know, and he was, you know, the one that had to handle the situation. But with that, I think... uh, seeing just the blind hate for law enforcement and like how you talked about is you don't know what that officer has just done yeah, absolutely you don't know what they've had to go through what they have done for the community what they've done for their families um you know to be just, in that position to be in that position there's exactly. a lot of
1: sacrifices that that are that are
0: out there a lot more than what people expect yeah. um and again that just ties into what the medium tells them or not the medium but the uh you know the media it yeah, really absolutely. ties into you know what they're seeing um and also don't don't Base your judgment on hate and love for an individual off of memes off of Facebook. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where a lot of people, and, I, and I'm and i going to be, I will be completely honest with this one. I probably get a little bit too much information from memes, right? You go on there and you <laughs> see something interesting, but then you look it up and you actually gather yourself uh, information. So in. for those of you
1: who don't know, he's our meme guy. He's the guy on Instagram who on Facebook who's throwing those memes out there. I'm not a big meme dude, but I do think they're hilarious. They they are funny, and they send <laughs> the right message. And especially when you look at a Boogaloo meme. Um, yeah, Boogaloo memes are pretty funny.
0: They're they're funny. They're dark, uh, you know. But it, it sends a message. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, hashtag UWB. <laughs> but uh, okay, so uh, so another huge thing, I guess, kind of getting into our amendments and uh, you know, basically just constitutional
1: rights, no knock warrants. No knock warrants. No man. knock warrants. Okay, so I, I I am not a fan of no knock warrants in the slightest because here's the thing: if you enter someone's home like a thug, you are going to be shot like a thug. Mm-hmm. There is no differentiating factor that takes place until after the shots have been fired, and then they identify as law enforcement. No knock raids. You're you're essentially a target. You're not. You're not acting in an official law enforcement capacity. You're acting as though you're a thug. And now what 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 makes me feel bad, though, is, is for those common foot troop you know, cops who are out there trying to prove themselves. And they get this, this warrant and they're like, okay, we're going after a bad guy because, you know, the government is great at only disseminating parts of information instead of the full story. So these guys are just getting this little bit of information, and they're like, okay, cool, looks like we're going after a, a drug dealer. And so they think they're doing good and then they get shot at. But then you have to look at it from the homeowner's perspective to where somebody just kicked in my door and didn't tell me who they are, and that's against the Fourth Amendment unreasonable search and seizure and the key word here is unreasonable it is unreasonable to enter anybody's home without notifying them who you are regardless if you believe they've committed a crime or not because what you're doing is is you're you're essentially saying that they're guilty of a crime by entering their home without announcing yourself you're already saying that they're guilty And you have to act as though, based off of our constitution, as though everyone's innocent until proven guilty. So you know, no no knock warrants. It's a really dangerous, dangerous thing. Um, Something I kind of wanted to tie in what you just talked about.
0: Um, And this actually happened, I believe, March twentieth of this year, uh, March twenty second. But basically, what you were saying is, uh, you know, you have these common, you know, foot patrol cops and stuff like that trying to prove who they are and stuff like that. Uh, Promote, just basically, do their do Do their their job. Do their job. Do their damn job. Yeah. Um, basically, they got told uh, this is this really is a recent you know thing that just happened. So basically, they were uh, they were going after a do- uh, drug dealer, right? Okay. They were going after a house. Um, they ended up doing a no knock warrant, uh, no knock raid on the wrong house. Yeah, uh, on the wrong house, and unfortunately, uh, somebody was killed. So basically, you had this uh, a man and female, Kenneth Walker and Brianna Taylor. Uh, Kenneth Walker and Brianna, they were sleeping in their bed, um, and basically, they just heard a large group of men or a large group of individuals break into their home. Yeah, absolutely. When this happened, um, you know, under his constitutional fucking right, Kenneth ended up taking up his uh, his pistol, his weapon, whatever he ended up having, and he got one shot off. Out of 26 shots um, that were fired in this incident, Kenneth shot one. Kenneth survived. His girlfriend, a 26-years-old EMT frontline worker, was literally massacred in her bed. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't even make it out of her bed from where she was sleeping and was lit up. Um, this is where you're talking about... I mean, I don't. I don't know who messed up. I don't know who, if they couldn't read the number on it, or whether the warrant was actually for the wrong house. Yeah. Somebody screwed up, but when you're talking about a minor screw up that leads to the wrong the death, the death, the wrongful death of someone exe- yeah. exactly like that, though too. No matter who you are, if you are if you are innocent in this and you had nothing to do with it, it's a tragedy. But I think it's a little bit more of a, it's a more of a talking point because she was an EMT. Yeah, she was a a very good person from the sounds of it. Um, talking about how loving she was, all these different amazing traits about her. Um, you know, she was a government worker as well. She was an EMT. Yeah. You know,
1: she was saving lives, doing things like that, just to get killed because somebody fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. And there, there's actually kind of a it's a it's a personal story uh, about what happened this is people within my family so if you guys can recall back about a year ago there was a raid that took place in houston And this raid that took place in houston there was a confidential informant who gave uh... the wrong information to an individual which was a undercover cop the undercover cop didn't verify didn't validate any of this information this confidential informant was just trying to get the cops off of this case and was just firing shots in the dark essentially so what happened was is he gave the wrong information intentionally the undercover cop didn't verify and you can pull this story up, they they entered this house, five cops were shot, a husband and wife were murdered, and all over bullshit information. No knock order was issued. They entered the house without warning. He took up his gun and started firing. What else would you do? It's not hard to run down the road and grab a law enforcement uniform. It's really not that hard to go online and order a law enforcement uniform. So if somebody wants to enter your home, and they have a law enforcement uniform on doesn't mean that they're law enforcement. You see people that get pulled over constantly by these fake undercover cops. Yeah. You know and and I think that law enforcement just needs to take note of that. Is you're you're betraying the trust of the public. Yeah. You are. And you're in an official capacity and you need to think about that. You need to think about the at the actions because you're the the Houston community was pretty adversely affected by this. And um, I'm not going to give any family details. Now, this person isn't, uh, isn't a direct relation to me, but it is part of my family. Um, and really unfortunate circumstances, all because of bullshit, all because of uh, not validating the information, all because of a bullshit knock, a no-knock order. You know, law enforcement really just needs to be careful whenever they're issuing these things because a lot of innocent people are getting killed and uh, the people should be upset, and rightfully so. Absolutely. I think, and it, and it's hard to know who you want to be mad at about
0: this too, because obviously, first and foremost, I think the uneducated side of people are immediately- Want to be mad at law
1: enforcement completely.
0: Completely law yeah. enforcement, exactly. You don't shoot the messenger though, and at the end of the day, law enforcement, uh, you know, Cops, sheriffs, highway patrol, whatever you are, at the end of the day, they're following orders, right? They have a job to do, and that is to protect the community and uphold the constitutional right. Yeah. Um, That is what they signed up to do. That is what their job is to do. But I think, uh, you know, pointing fingers more, I think we need to look up at their leadership. I think we need to look at actual politicians who are signing these, you know, these bills and stuff. And something I found actually pretty interesting is uh, no-knock warrants can actually be issued in all states except Oregon Oregon and Florida. Yep. Uh, so Florida, uh, back in 1994, the state Supreme Court prohibited it, uh, really? no-knock warrants. And then with Oregon, uh, basically it's just a state law. That See,
1: says I, th- I thought Florida may have approved it. I thought Oregon was the only one, but yeah, yeah. If, Flor- right if that now. is a very recent thing that happened. Yeah, um, I mean, then again, I don't know. I, j- I pulled it up earlier and I, uh, I just saw Oregon and I was looking at everything else. And okay.
0: Yeah. Um, it might have been late news, but I know at least at one point Florida. And they uh, should have kept it that way. And they should have kept it that way. Um, and hopefully they still did. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it's just a very interesting topic too, because when you're talking about no knock orders, uh, something that is rooted at the cause of what we're doing, really, I think a, one of the largest portions of our cause, one of the largest portions of our personal agenda is our second amendment. Um, you know, the protection of our individual rights, uh, you know, to own firearms and to have them within our household and stuff like that. So something that does kind of scare me, um, I think something that scares me along the lines of this is you have no knock orders, Whenever this whole you know quote unquote boogaloo—that's what a lot of the younger generation is talking about. It obviously yeah. it's a slang term, it's a funny term, but the root of what this is is you know I can see that being a very big issue um, in the middle of the night if you have a bunch of law enforcement agencies and stuff knocking on your door, uh, not even knocking—it's a no-knock. Yeah. If they're going to raid your home and take your weapons, that is going to be the start of something uh, bigger. Something bigger, and I and I hate to use the CW word uh, or you know the term here, but civil war. Yeah. That's CW. what's it's going to start there. But I think what is I think something that's amazing that a lot of people don't realize is this: the people behind us, the people that we're trying to unite here, genuine American citizens who are willing to fight for individual freedom, um, you know, over comfortability. Uh, a lot of them are law enforcement. Yeah, a absolutely. lot of them are military. A lot of them are government workers, and you have a lot of people. Um, I, quote me if I'm wrong. I, what was it? Uh, was it Virginia that did the red law? Um, it, it was one of the states over there. Um, but what was incredible to me is as soon as that happened, you had a bunch of different agencies uh, all from that state basically making statements saying, yes. we will not participate in
1: yeah, this. Yes, it was Virginia.
0: That should give the American people a sense of hope. And it should also bring them a sense of unity, yeah, uh, knowing that those law enforcement officials and the higher-ups are willing to you know, get whiplash for that, but they're not, they're not willing to take away our constitutional rights. You know, and I think yeah, that's pretty—that's incredible, knowing yeah. that we have law enforcement that will actually fight and defend for us um, when it comes to something that we think we're going to be fighting them over. I think that's a pretty incredible thing. Yeah, and
1: there was actually a statistic, and I believe it was released by the FBI, and this was about a year ago. They released a statistic that um, that showed that an individual who is seasoned, so that I believe they said over four years, will not follow any order to take away an individual's constitutional rights. What what's What's seasoned by four years? What do you mean? That has, has like, like like somebody who's been in the field, who's been operating in a capacity of law enforcement, project. who's who's been doing the job for four years, will not listen to a superior's orders to take away their weapons or to go against the constitutional rights. What they found is is, is this the these are the most dangerous people are the brand new law enforcement guys. Great. And you you can even see that whenever you get pulled over by them is because they have their gun on their hip, you know, and they have their hand on it and everything's all freaked out and they're making you paranoid and you're paranoid and now you're both in a bad situation because you got this new cop who wants to write citations and his hand's on his gun for no reason. No. Everybody relax. A lot more people don't want to hurt cops than people that want to hurt cops. And this new guy, he's just wired, but they've come to find that if uh, if something were to kick off, that people who have been in under four years would listen or would predominantly listen to uh, a lawful, unlawful order.
0: And I know me and you've kind of discussed that too, uh, not statistically speaking or anything like that, but we've definitely talked about within the military what kind of guys we think would actually, oh you know, absolutely, back yeah, us it, up. It just, with this. Would, it just wouldn't happen, you know. Nope.
1: that well to say to say that it would not happen no, no, no. I think it wouldn't the, happen in a group like us. Oh, absolutely. Is what I'm saying.
0: Even even within the United States, I don't think it's <clears> uh if it would happen, I don't I don't think that it would work. Yeah. Really there's too many out. guns out there. There is too many guns and you look back in uh you know a, a group that we are thing. not uh, just a little disclaimer here, we are not a part of the 3%ers. We are an independent organization, but a statistic that I really love and I love that you put that in our about us is that it took 3%. It took 3% to fight a just tyrannical government, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and really to form the United States. That is an incredible statistic. And now look at it. I know for a fact we have more than 3%. We I have, hope we
1: do. I'm pretty God we do. You know, um, People just need to put their self-interest aside and understand what's right.
0: Now what do you, uh, I guess, okay so talking in terms of this, what do you think is going to be uh, the I guess the overstepping boundary? What's going to be the things that really gets people w- wired up and actually ready to because I don't want to say fight. I don't want to come off as some offensive, government-hating... Yeah, because that's, that's not what it is. That's be- not you, what it you know, is. And
1: I think that the, the boog community has a bad rap, and sometimes probably rightfully so, is because everybody wants to be violent. Everybody wants to go out there and act like they're a gangster and say that they want to shoot somebody. Look, if you're not in that situation, then you obviously don't want to do it. Or if you've been in that situation, then you don't want to do it. If you're logical, you don't want to do it. Work it out with words. Let's have a discussion. But the over the overstepping thing, there's there's a couple, but the main one, and I, and everybody agrees to this, um, well, almost everybody, um, weapons. If you come to my house to take weapons, it's going to be a bad day for me. I'm I'm, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Um, because we can't fight tyranny at that point. A nation unarmed cannot fight. Nope. You know, I mean, what are we going to do? Throw rocks? I'm not doing that. No, you know, get me a slingshot. Sure, I'll give it my shot, but you know, I'm going to get cut down. So I'd rather have a weapon. Um, but mainly, if if someone if somebody were to knock on my door uh, and they were trying to round up weapons, uh, I'm going to be firing through the door.
0: Absolutely, and I think now I,
1: I'd like to clarify on an unconstitutional basis. Now, let's say I went out there and I domestically abused my wife, and they came to take my guns. That's a different situation. I rightfully should have my weapons taken away. Uh, if, if I've committed a violent felony, then absolutely come take my guns. I'm an asshole, and I've proven myself to be an irresponsible citizen, and I should have my weapons taken away. But if a, if a legislature or a bill was passed that said, hey, we're coming to get your guns, look, I got enough, and I know a lot more people that have enough mm-hmm. to where we're going to hold off whatever it is that comes at us. Yep. Now, we're going to get cut down but i mean that's we'll hold off that's yep, just part absolutely. of it yeah what about you what do you think
0: um it's it's a it's a touchy subject there man i think there're a lot of different avenues of approach there um i think obviously first and foremost is one we've been kind of talking about is hey guys sorry about that we just uh, had a little bit of technical difficulty mm-hmm. um you know calling through the phone and everything so uh Back to exactly what you guys were just listening to. Uh, we are talking about my stance on uh, basically what do I think is the, the overstepping line uh, when we need to take action. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so what I would say, um, where, where I would draw my line in the sand really would be um, just a massive bill basically getting passed to confiscate our weapons. I think for me that's the... That is their way of taking away my defensive strategy. That's their way of taking away our defense of you know what actually we can we can use to withhold our you know our rights. So I think for me personally, it's going to definitely be something impeaching my second rights, or not impeaching, but uh, you know, doing away, with, yeah. doing away with my uh, Second Amendment rights. Um, I haven't personally felt anything um, you know within my own life that I would take up arms and you know fight for a cause yet. Uh, because honestly, I still I, I have hope for our government. There are yeah, a lot absolutely. of things that I love within our government. There's a lot of good people, but it is these these corrupt individuals. Um, whether they're left or right, I don't I don't give a shit. If you are not for the Americans' people uh, rights, if you're not for our rights, if you're not for making this country great and you know you know keeping it where we are, uh, then you know I look at you like you're a terrorist. I don't look at you like you're an American. I you know you're. I don't know, it's a virus. Let me ask you something real quick. So
1: whenever it comes to law enforcement having the capability, or ATF having the capability, having fully automatic weapons, but a normal American can't run down the road and go get it, how do you feel about that? So
0: personally for me, um, obviously, I am a a supporter of our Second Amendment, right? I I own firearms, you own firearms, Mm -hmm. 99% of everybody we know has firearms. Um, I do still believe in limitations. I, not to say, uh, you know, for me personally, if I have, you know, my AR-15, or -hmm. I have my 12 gauge, or I have my little nine mil, whatever it is, I I will be able to defend myself with that. Um, With a semi-automatic, you know, rifle, I will be able to defend what's mine and, you know, myself. I do believe uh, if we were to open up, you know, the the ability to, uh, you know, get fully automatic firearms, I think that we have enough people in our country, that could could do some damage with that. I do believe that they would. Um, See, I don't know. I don't know if I, you know. And I'm not saying because me and you, if me and you were to both own automatic firearms, yeah. it would be awesome. Yes, we could go on our land. We could shoot fully automatic. We could have a good time. But when it comes down to it, um, if it really turns into a civil war where we need an automatic firearm to protect ourselves, you know that we have ways of procuring. What yeah, absolutely. But for. what I'm
1: what I'm saying is, is that right now, like, and let's move back to no knocks, right? Let's say that somebody is unoff or somebody's come in confiscate your weapons, and they have fully automatic weapons. Shouldn't you think that it'd be fair to meet them at an equal playing field? I do, but it also, uh, you know, TC dictates. Well, and, and, and see, that and that's that. Where, what I'm also saying is, is that if a majority of gun, less than one percent of gun owners commit crimes, mm-hmm. so if they. have can reasonably be responsible citizens now. Giving them a fully automatic weapon isn't going to change that. Uh,
0: I do believe that as well. You know, automatic weapon is not going to change that. But when it when it comes down to it, uh, you know, what would the actual true applications of owning an automatic firearm? Fighting hold? tyranny. Fighting tyranny. Uh, so that is first and foremost. Yeah, it's a defensive thing, um, and not. So this it's kind of pulling me both ways here, man. Is I do believe uh, again that there should be limitations, and I think truly um, an automatic firearm not necessarily needed, uh, but it, obviously if it were to lead into you know a tyrannical government coming down and saying you know we're taking these weapons, absolutely. Yeah, but by
1: I, that time it would be too late, is what I'm saying. By that time it would be too late. Yeah.
0: Um, and I think I think this is kind of where politicians have these um, you know the right politicians. I think this is where. A, a good debate really does happen mm-hmm. um, and I think it's going to take statistics really when it comes down to it and I think statistics are proving um, yeah, yeah we would be alright with owning automatic farms and I'm on, I don't necessarily think that I'm going to be having a um, you know a I uh, don't I don't I don't even know the ranks within law enforcement but uh, you know somebody that's fairly new you know very new on patrol and stuff I don't think they're going to have a, uh, you know 5 two forties pointed down my doorway just blasting and you know taking, taking me out I think what's going to happen is they're going to have their M4 uh, you know what I mean I think it's I don't know, man. Yeah, I got you. If I'm aiming down a hallway and i got a group of guys trying to take my guns, you best believe that I'm going to pick the right weapon. Yeah,
1: absolutely. But what I'm saying is if that were to happen right now, you wouldn't be able to have the option to have a fully automatic weapon. You'd You'd only have what the government approves for you to have, and then you're not meeting your adversaries, and I'm not saying law enforcement is adversaries, but you wouldn't be able to meet any sort of intruder on an equal playing field if they had a fully automatic weapon
0: if there's anything modern warfare has taught me it is about being it is about being resourceful oh, um, and it's about picking up uh, you know your, your enemy's weapons after they've fallen right yeah you know what I mean okay. if I'm picking up the kudo or I'm picking up whatever it is that I'm picking up and you know, obviously that's a joke, but it, truly in relative terms, man. If you know, if if we need an automatic weapon, we're gonna find a way to get it, and I'm sure that there's
1: yeah. And you know, there there are ways to turn them into automatic oh, of weapons. Of course, um, a little coat hanger trick. You got a you got a lot of things. You yeah, can absolutely. To. You know, there are things that you can do, and I'm not saying that we condone them. Um, no, but, not at all. But what I am saying is, is I would rather just have something legal, um, and something uh, that I could immediately switch. To fully automatic. I agree. Instead of having to devise some sort of bullshit device.
0: Well, also don't fret, man. Don't don't worry about this because there are plenty of American citizens who right now do have automatic weapons.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. But you also have to have a specific class of license. Oh, of course. I, I, you know, and that yeah. that takes a lot of money. And not only that, but the, I believe it was a 1984 ban. Any any machine gun is what they call it. Uh, Pre 1984, you're allowed to own, and those things are thousands and thousands of dollars. So, you know, only a select amount of them have it. Uh, I, I agree I, think I agree with having um, uh, that Americans should have fully automatic weapons. Uh, I think that we would be able to operate responsibly, um, especially gun owners.
0: I, I do as well. Yeah. I really do. Um, I think what, what worries me a little legal bit- Legal gun owners. Legal gun owners, yes. Um, I think something that does kind of scare me and makes me think a little bit is, you know, out of the individuals that would have automatic firearms. What, do you think you might be opening up a, you know, going down a rabbit hole that, you know, there's a possibility that certain people with automatic
1: firearms might want to take the wrong cause? Oh, absolutely. 100%. But then that's how America was founded, is like, like I said in the first podcast, Benjamin Franklin, he had an excellent saying for this, people who prefer safety over freedom deserve neither, or safety over liberty deserve yeah. neither. And we're going to have to assume that risk if we chose to pass that, um, but it's... It's something that puts us on a level playing field with the people who would come and take our guns. Absolutely. Because they're going to have them, and I'd rather have them too, you know. But yeah. What uh, So,
0: I I'm, I'm actually don't know too much about this, but do you know anything about the, uh, basically getting obscuring a, uh, what's it called, a uh, silencer? I know I've seen multiple how, individuals. How, certain, how to buy one? Certain friends, yes, because I've personally seen a lot of people have them, but other things that I hear is that they're illegal. Uh, No, 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 no. no. How do you No, they're not
1: illegal. No, you have to get
0: a tax stamp.
1: Are you talking about building one from scratch? No, no, no. no. I'm talking about actually buying a. Oh yeah, no. You could run down to Palmetto State Armory right now and go buy one as long as you have a tax stamp. Okay. Um. So you have to have a tax stamp, which is two hundred dollars, and then you have to go. Uh. And then you can buy the suppressor. Now the the or silencer suppressor. There's two different variants. Mm -hmm. Um, but the tax stamp takes about six months to come in. It takes a long time. Um, yeah there's a long process uh, a long waiting process but yeah you can go and get one today if you had a tax stamp on you gotcha. You just have to present it to whoever it is that you're buying it well
0: it's very interesting yeah because that's a, that's something I had known about but I would you know love to one day yeah absolutely have, um, I mean, they're just
1: expensive expensive yeah it costs as much as the weapon does
0: well I mean it makes it look twice as good too so I mean yeah you know and it
1: does have its practical applications mm-hmm. um, and it does make sense um, I I that's why another one of those things that I disagree that you should have to have a tax stamp for. Um, I think it's one of those things, and you'd have to have a tax stamp for a fully automatic weapon as well. But you know, it's just a bunch of these dumbass laws that that cause people to have to dig into their pockets even more. And it's like, well, if you have the money for it, then you, then you can get it. But you know, a broke dude, a broke girl, you know, they can't go out there and fucking get it. No. You know, and it, it means that you have to have money because I'm serious. These pre-1984 machine guns, and I'm using quotations here. Um, which it is a machine gun, nonetheless. Uh, they're thousands and thousands of dollars, and they're these pieces of shit usually. But because they're fully automatic, they can get them at price ranges of ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. So, you have to be wealthy to, to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> what
0: uh? So, I mean, I'm sure we're, we're gonna definitely share the exact same stance on this. Uh, what about like explosives? Explosives, grenades, flashbangs, any type of non-lethal, all the way to lethal uh, capacity. What, what is your stance on that? Because obviously, well, I mean, we
1: have Tannerite already, and regardless of whatever that bullshit three-letter agency ATF says, you can cause it to fragment mm. by surrounding it around things and things that are meant to fragment by pre-cut lines. You know, so we already have a version of an explosive target mm. or of an explosive device. Um, now, of course, you know, um, composite four is going to obviously be uh, one of the prime things, you know, grenades, whatever. But give it to them. You know, he, he, give it to them. Why not? Um, because the majority of people are going to operate responsibly. And we can't constantly live in this umbrella of fear that, oh, man, my life could be taken at any moment because somebody decides to be irresponsible. Well, if you got a gun on your hip, then... You can fire back, yeah. and a lot of people just aren't going to be in that mindset of "Oh, I'm going to strap it to this car and I'm going to shoot it, and blow it up," you know, uh, in this crowd of people. Now, is that going to happen? Probably, but it already happens today, and those are elite and things like that are illegal. Um, so that's something to think about. Um, I believe, you know, I do agree with certain limitations. Um, like I said on the first podcast, I think that there should be limitations for uh, gun. Uh, uh, background checks, but as far as explosives go, that's a really strange subject that I haven't really dove a lot into. So I'm not, I don't have any firm stance, yeah, of course. but I definitely lean I'll always begin to lean towards the stance of what liberty is, and that is allowing people to do what they choose as long as they operate responsibly. What do you think?
0: Um, I think uh, I think besides besides explosives and everything like that. Um, obviously, it's not an obvious thing, but I, I definitely do not agree with explosives being in an, any household capacity. Um, at the end of the day, if you've got a group of thugs breaking in your home, no, knock raid, whatever it is. In reality, if you got a, a Claymore sitting on your Roomba flying around, you know, waiting to hit somebody, I don't, I don't think that that is. is <laughs> can you imagine? God, and I can't imagine that. You should see some of the people that are you know posting pictures and memes and stuff like that. It's a you know it's a it's a wanted thing. That's one of the achievements that you get. <laughs> Um, but no, man. It's a. Uh, I think even under underlaying more between uh, you know explosives and all that. I think just general uh, gun control and stuff like that. I think it's an interesting enough topic that we should continue to talk about right now. Um, with uh, you know, with certain people not being able to have them and stuff like that. When we're talking about active shooters and stuff, mm-hmm. um, something that kind of interests me is you look at this. It's not necessarily a spike. Um, statistically speaking, I do not have exact numbers, um, but I would say as an uh, just a Truly an uneducated, not uneducated, but, um, you know, ignorant American citizen of this. Um, I feel like there was a massive media spike to school shootings, active shooters, all of this kind of stuff. And that was the last couple of years. Yeah. If you've noticed, there's not been, its not been any talk in this. There's not been, you know, there's a major slowdown and a cool down from active shooters. And I don't know if it's because there is an actual slowdown um, within our community of, you know, incidents happening. Yeah or
1: was that a you know was an that agenda. An, an agenda based well, I I, topic? I believe that it I believe both. Um, I believe that they've been happening for a long time mm. but I also believe that they haven't been happening to the frequency of what the media is pushing out. Um you know I, I just I don't know. You know and maybe one day we can have like a subject matter expert to come on here oh, I love that. to to speak on it. We'll look for somebody. But you know, and I'm sure that statistically we could pull something up. But that's the point of the podcast is we're not meant to know everything. Yeah. You know, we can't know everything. And uh, there's nothing wrong with not knowing. Um, so, yeah, you know, I really don't know. I couldn't tell you. But uh, that's all right. Yeah, I think
0: it's a – I don't know. It's a really interesting topic because we talk about the background checks. We talk about all this stuff. But obviously anybody that's going to do Active Shooter, I understand that there's not many, uh, you know, indicators. But I, I think there, – obviously METC is going to dictate that. You're going to have somebody, you know, posting a status about it, don't come to school or you're going to have somebody, you know, that's getting bullied. There's always a way, insights that you can see on certain people and you would just never expect an active shooter, you know, to happen. Because mm-hmm. um, that's obviously some kind of psyche break. That's something going on, you know, cognitively in your brain has broken. Yeah, you know,
1: and the FBI, they, they've they been able, they've been called on some of these guys before and have ignored them. Yeah. You know, uh, like the Parkland shooter, they've been called on him, I think, twice. And they just ignored the guy, you know, they just dismissed all the claims and everything, you know, and that was a complete failure.
0: And I think they've done a great job, though, now. Um, I, I personally, I've seen a lot of videos and I read a lot of articles, uh, you know, based on, um, you know, people do getting called on or somebody, you know, making a post online saying, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking kill everybody in this school, don't show up tomorrow. I've, I've seen a very good representation of force on that and actually going to people's homes and a lot of it is teenagers and stuff in high school. Um, and going through their natural. And why do you
1: think the teenagers are wanting to do that? Um,
0: see, I. Bullying. I think a lot of it has to bullying, and honestly, I mean that, that goes something to not that I am an active shooter, but saying uh, coming from actual somebody who was bullied. Yeah. Uh, you know, growing up and stuff like that, and having to deal with that, that puts a lot of stress on you, um, especially when you do not have a very put together household, and you are just trying to figure out life on your own. Uh, when other people have, you know, together parents and their everything's being paid for, and you're getting bullied for whether you're fat or whether you're gay or whether you're, there's so many different things yeah. nowadays. Um, I think it is. I don't think it has anything to tie in with video games. I don't know if it has to tie in with the movies, and it's just kind of like a general uh, desensitized. Uh, de- How do you feel about bullying? I fucking hate it. A bit. Yeah. I think. Uh, I think something something that I would really like to push for our cause and the people listening and stuff like that is to actually take a stand. Um, bullying in obviously there is a certain level of bullying that's unacceptable. I think what people have done nowadays as American citizens, uh, and I think all around the world, you look at social media, you have people that are you know basically getting lost passed just because they're you know they're being what is it uh,
1: scrutinized. You look at it, how many genders do we have nowadays? I think there was... Well, to me, there's only two. Oh, yes. There, but but I believe they said there was like 76 or something. So there's
0: two genders, and you have 76 little off-branches of people saying, well, they're saying, you know, they're bullying me because I'm gay, so I'm going to decide to be this. I am a flying helicopter that's painted pink, so I'm... A, you know what I mean? Like, literally making up... They could be so, a cinnamon roll if they wanted to. And you have to accept it. You have websites that are literally having to list all of these these off-branches, and, and I'm not attacking anybody that's saying, you know, they're not a man or a woman, whatever you are, you know, I accept you, I love you, um, I would love to talk more about it. Maybe we can have somebody
1: that's actually... Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm friends with one of the, with the uh, LGBTQ president here in South Carolina, so... Uh, and I, I do uh, want to make I, this clear. no, no. I w- I, we know where you're coming from, but if you would like to clarify to the people that are listening, yes. I know how where you stand. Yes. But they don't.
0: Um just just hearing me out there, I, I want to make sure everybody clear. This is not a hate on you know the LGBTQ community or anything like that. I you know especially Drake, you know I am a very accepting person. Yeah, absolutely. I love all of
1: it. Um, but in in terms of the bullying, I'm accepting as well. But I understand where you're coming from. There's a difference between rights and mental illnesses. Now I'm not going to go out of my way, and if somebody prefers to be called something, I'm going to call them that. Um, and but I'm going to disagree with it. Absolutely. Um, but I'm not going to disrespect what sh- what that person chooses to make them happy.
0: I think uh, that's a very good point. Um, I, I think what's going on with the bullying, though, I think especially as you get a little bit down to you know the younger years, mm-hmm. you know when you're in middle school, high school, and stuff like that, it's the tiny things that matter. You know what I mean? Um, you have kids that are literally being bullied for you know whether it's the color of their skin or whether it's their intelligence level. On, you know, wearing not the newest sneakers, having holes in their jeans, stuff like that. Um, I think there's a lot of different topics that go into bullying, right, that are absolutely wrong. Yeah. But it's very important that people do not take this um, and run with it and say, well, you know what? Bullying is just general disagreeing. Um, to say that I'm wrong because I believe this, that's wrong. So you shouldn't have a voice because yeah. I'm this and I'm going to – you
1: know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, see, I have a different stance on bullying, though. So, um, of course, I disagree with bullying. Every logical thinking human being has disagrees with bullying. But I think bullying does serve very important purposes. I do believe that uh, – and I was bullied as well whenever I was younger. Um, now, I'm, once I got to high school, not as much because I just kind of did my own thing and I was hanging out with my usual crowd, and I just did whatever, you know. Uh, but junior high and elementary, definitely. Uh, and I'm sure that some of our listeners are kids or guys, girls that I went to school with. Uh, you know, you remember that buck tooth, uh, big cheat kid. Um, Some things haven't changed. Much. <laughs> haven't changed. Bullying, <laughs> bully! Bully! <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, you know, bullying does teach you things, though. And facing uh, diversity is really important for a kid. Facing things that challenge you and that make you feel weak or make you feel inferior are important. Now, it was definitely important for me because I think it molds you into the person that you're one day going to become. I think that I think kids these days, they see bullying, they freak out about it, and they have no conflict resolution. They think that they need to be shielded because their mom and their dad tells them not to raise a fist. Look, whoop that ass. Yep. Even if you get your ass beat, and this took, this took me a while to learn, go up and fight. Even if you lose, you went up and you stood for what you believed. And that bully isn't going to mess with you. No. And even if they do mess with you, keep on hitting
0: them. What's, uh, what's amazing, you actually said that. So one of the fondest memories I have of my father, um, this would have been, I think, fifth or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, had a major problem with a group of guys, uh, and it was at uh, Ken Moraine. That was what it was called in middle school. And I'm not going to use any names, but if you guys hear this, yeah, of course,
1: because then that's the implication that people couldn't grow from where they were. Yeah, know?
0: I think uh, what's what is a major factor, um, and I'm not. I'll get right back on my dad's story, but I think what's a major factor in overcoming bullying and actually using bullying as a as a tool for strength, as a you know a learning curve almost. You have to have a mentor. Mm-hmm. I think that's a major thing, and whether even if you don't have a mentor right in front of you, YouTube is works wonders. And I know a lot of people like ah, oh, YouTube. You know, it's a bunch of dumbass videos. I learned every fucking thing I know about business, about being a man, and about motivation from YouTube videos. Um, you have a lot of really amazing speakers. A lot of the you know the world's top guys, truly leading mentors. Yeah, absolutely, they're on YouTube. They're talking about this thing. Um, but my dad was actually um, he was the one, and it has to do with you talking about you know fighting. Um, Fighting for me, I was this little chunky, pimply kid with long skater hair, um, and I didn't know who I was. You know, I was bouncing around from house to house, dealing with stuff with my mom, dealing with stuff with my dad, you know, my grandparents, all these, basically just life, you know, mm-hmm. is a is a fucking hurricane. But I had this group of kids, and they ruined my time at that school. I mean, ruined it. I would go to school in fear. I would leave literally in tears. I was this just poor little sappy elementary? kid. Elementary? Uh, elementary all okay. the way through middle school, man. I was a, I was a little nervous wreck. <laughs> but, um, you know, I talked to my dad about it, and uh, he, he had sat me down, and I'll never forget, we were in uh, Wauwatosa sitting up in his house up there. And we were upstairs, and my dad, had, I mean, this was a no music, no TV on, and just sitting in the living room. And he had me sit down, and he was teaching me how to throw punches and teaching me about, you know, the, it's, it's a necessity to stand up. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily a thing to say, well, you need to physically stand up for yourself. But when you when I was letting these kids pick on me and bully me, they ended up actually trying to jump me. Um, and I'll never forget this kid literally repeatedly punched me in the face. Lucky it was wintertime, so we had those big puffy gloves. And wintertime in Wisconsin is is no fucking joke, dude. Yeah. It is, it's cold. Um, but, you know, we're wearing all these puffy gloves, and I remember getting hit in the face repeatedly by multiple kids. And this is middle school, man. This is, you know, and this is, you know, predominantly, you know, uh, one of the richer neighborhood kind of things. Um, a lot of just wealthy kids. So they just had this... Just being assholes. Just being fucking assholes. But what ended up happening is my dad taught me how to throw a punch, and he wanted me to punch him in the face. And if you're listening... Eventually, if this reaches you, just know I I will never forget punching you in the stomach, sir. But he, I know he'll remember. But man, that he uh, he was in my face and he kept he kept just taunting me, talking shit to me, and just really just picking on me. And it is it was such a relieving feeling, man, that literally my dad's words just kept you know just repeating itself in my head and watching him throw his punch. And I wanted to punch him in the face, but I'm I'm you know I'm a little kid, man, and this is my first punch I've ever thrown. But I hit that kid so hard in the stomach, man, that he curled over hole in his stomach, and he left me alone. And he, we were playing, uh, you ever played lightning in basketball? Lightning. Where there's the line of people on the free throw, and you shoot, okay, and the yeah, person yeah. behind you. Okay, so we were playing that game. Uh, big group of people, and he ended up going on the opposite side and just stood there. Didn't look at me, didn't talk to me, and I, you could tell he was in pain.
1: Absolutely. People learn through pain.
0: People learn through pain. If you are being bullied, if you, and this goes for adults too, this goes for anybody, um, do not be afraid to use physical force when defending yourself and Absolutely. your honor. Um, to say that you can't throw a punch or to say that you just have to take it, um, for me, looking, you know, and you always hear the term, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do?
1: Well, let's also not forget that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit also killed a bunch of people. Right. So, <laughs> you know? and, so exactly. there's a time for retaliation.
0: And there is a – exactly. And that ties into exactly what we're doing here, Drake, is there is a time for retaliation. You do not, and and again, I I always I hate using these terms, man. But the sheep dog mentality. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of these fake operator guys. Oh, I would have joined the military, but my you know my back was hurting. They're all they think they're the sheep dog mentality. I mean, truly through and through, the sheep dog mentality. That is so 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 important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the wolf is going to attack. The wolf is going to prey upon you know people, and that's honestly sounding a lot like our government. That's sounding a lot like what we're fighting. But the sheepdog men—that's you know—they are the ones who are going to protect each other, and this that goes down to the bullying, that goes down to you know what what were you rooted as? Um, so I, I, I don't know, man. I, I think that time for retaliation, having the sheepdog mentality, looking out for people that are
1: you know being mistreated and especially, Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a really big thing is yes. um, is sticking out sticking up for people who are in a difficult situation and don't know how to deal with it, and that's something that I'm really really big on. Um, so I kind of, I get upset or I get pissed off whenever people fuck with me. Like, uh, like actually mess with me. Um, like, you know, I, you know me, all I do is talk shit. All of our buddies talk shit and that's, I love it. But whenever there's a certain line that gets drawn um, and I'm a huge advocate, I can, I can sometimes let it just roll off me whenever it's about me. But like whenever it, it's dealing with somebody else who hasn't done anything or is completely innocent, and somebody's just trying to show off in front of their friends, like I I will fight you for that. I will get my ass beat for that. Yep. You know, it's not about winning all the time. It's just about standing up for people who can't stand up for themselves. Um, and and so that that takes me to back to the bullying thing. You know, um, I obviously disagree with it, but I do believe being bullied uh, is important. Uh, It teaches you how to deal with conflicts. Mm -hmm. It teaches you about yourself. It teaches you to grow. But also, after you grow past all of it, you realize something, that that bully was probably not in a good situation themselves. And And the bullies bully bullies. And so somebody who gets bullied, whether it be at home, goes to school and bullies a kid because he's bullied at home, he or she is, right? And you have to remember that is Sometimes you may not always have to hit them. Um, I've taken some stances where, you don't. I don't have to put my hands on somebody. And also,
0: um, I need to make sure, uh, in case there's any younger people, don't be a snitch. That is not a way to handle this. To you know, to threaten and say, "Well, I'm going to tell the teacher on you." Well, I'm going to tell my my supervisor. <laughs> don't don't be that guy. Yeah, they you know, you, it, learn,
1: learn how to deal with it yourself. Yes, um, that's a big deal. You know, getting other people involved. Now, if it gets to a point to where you feel like you're going to harm somebody or harm yourself, then definitely get involved. Get get other people involved. But um, uh, I would say... What was I saying? Uh, you, I mean, you were talking about... Um, I don't know, just... General <laughs> sense. No, I mean, I'm trying to think no, no, of like, what okay. you were going to lead it into. Yeah, um, so... Um, oh, I was saying that uh, you don't always have to put your hands on somebody. Some of the stances that I take is just talking to them. Um, now, sometimes you have to be firm and you have to get into that asset and... You heard about the story that happened not too long ago with me whenever someone decided to make some stupid-ass comments, Mm -hmm. and I got into that ass. Um, And now me and that person are good. Um, And I respect that person a lot. Um, Sometimes, though, you don't even really have to say anything in front of people. You don't have to say anything... Uh, whenever it's happening. Just pull them off to the side. And you'll come to realize that a lot of people are either going through a lot of hurtful things in their life and they don't know how to deal with it, so they're taking out all their aggression on everybody else. And what they tend to do is, is they either take it out on people who are weaker than them. It's this weird mix. Either weaker than them or better than them. Because they feel inferior because someone's better than them, so they're going to cut them down. Or they realize that someone's a weak target and they want to attack them because they know they can't do anything about it.
0: And I think... That, that is a pretty interesting topic, man. Um, especially, I mean, because that's going to tie into just basic human behavior. Yeah. Because um, you look at psychology. someone... It's psychology 101, man. You look at somebody that, you know, might be doing better than you um, or is doing better than you. And for you to say, well, you know, fuck them for this point, this point, and this point. Uh, you know, they're overweight, so I'm going to make sure to target them on that. Or, you know, this business is not doing... Whatever the case may be, whatever, you know, life situation it is, we have this weird, um, you know, ability, and it's almost a... Uh, I know, man. It's like a rule in your brain that you have to you have to just be a hater. It's a weird thing, man, and, yeah. it, and that and they're, they're, it's a real thing, man. A lot of people use that term, like oh, you know, fuck these haters, 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 bro. It's a real thing. People really do just hate on other people, and yeah. even even in the professional workspace, bro, you still you still see that. Absolutely. Um, and it's a it's a weird thing because it's almost done uh, for conformity. It's done for generally there is one to two people that are kind of leading that that toxic trait. Um, throughout that group and I've definitely personally witnessed this within my military career I know you have too yeah absolutely um, a thing called toxic leadership What what's an issue though is when you have and this goes for the civilian uh, you know side of things too when you have a toxic leader or a toxic person that other people like to follow um, it's a dangerous road man because then he or she then starts putting these weird beliefs and these weird just hating negative uh, you know vibes and just ideologies into their minds and it's like they start to they start to form like that. It's kind of like the piece of rotten fruit with the rest of the fresh fruit. Yeah, that really rottenness, that, that mold, form. that yeah, it, it will then start to grow on the other fruit. It literally it, it it destroys that entire bowl of fruit. Same thing goes with individuals, man.
1: There was a story about this. Uh, have you heard about the monkeys and the the water hose? I've not heard about the monkeys and water hose. So I, I'm probably going to tell the story wrong, but nonetheless, I I'll be I believe I'll be able to get the premise across that so people will understand what I'm saying. So. There was uh, this group of monkeys, they were all put inside this cage together, and it was a big cage. And up at the top there was this banana, there was a pole, and at the top of the pole was uh, bananas, right? And so easily they could crawl up there and get it. But a human was sitting there and they had a water hose. And every time one of the monkeys would go over uh, to try and get up there, it would sp- they would spray him. The monkey would crawl back down, pissed off that it's wet, Right. But also what it would do is it, they would spray all the other monkeys. So it would happen a couple times a day, and then they would spray all the monkeys. What eventually ended up happening was is uh, a monkey would go up there and take the human out of the equation. Now they're not even spraying people anymore. All the other monkeys would grab that monkey and beat the shit out of them. Now one by one they would start circulating. Now I'd like you to think about this about PCSing. This is kind of similar to PCSing. A monkey would leave. They'd put a brand new monkey in. That brand new monkey would see that banana on top of that pole. It would go to climb the pole. All the other monkeys would grab that monkey, pull it down, and beat the shit out of it. But why? And usually, it's just because that's how we've always done it. Yeah. You know, just toxicity. And that's actually not not thinking not thinking things through logically.
0: Yeah, that actually uh, that kind of ties up with I think a huge thing that's going on in the military is these. uh, old style mindsets and i mean i know it's not just the air force the air force is a newer branch of course but um from talking to multiple friends that are in different branches um you know even my father and anybody that has served this that toxic trait of well this is the way we've always done it Mm -hmm. and anybody that wants to speak up to change things to be more common sense filled it's uh you're outcast
1: you're yeah absolutely you know um i do feel as though there are some things that shouldn't change of course, um, of course. I do think that there are some things that have been so progressive that it's made things weak. Um, but I do agree that you should probably enter things with a more progressive mentality and learn to do things smarter, not harder.
0: Absolutely. I think yeah, too much PC is yeah, too absolutely. much. Um, but, but again, being progressive is definitely has its pros as well. Obviously, absolutely. it's cons. Um, I think where the toxicity comes in is when you have somebody that says it's all or nothing, black or white. Um, we really need to realize within the government, within... Leadership within military within everything, there's always a gray area. Mm-hmm. There is whether we like it or not. it's people don't like to discuss it and leadership doesn't like to discuss the gray areas about why things need to change because they have been taught it is black or white. It is my way or the highway, it is this way or no way. Yeah. Um, but I think what needs to happen though is there needs to be some kind of morphing that goes along with you know the changing of times. We have a new generation um, and definitely much more PC. You know, friendly, right? You have social media, you have a lot of these 18 year olds, even 17 year olds, 19, uh, you know, these fresh, brand new mindsets. And uh, I can definitely see a difference. Obviously, you have somebody that's 40 years old compared to an 18 year Mm old. There's going to be a different mindset, but just general rooted um, ideologies are just so
1: vastly different. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that. That 18, 19-year-olds, they bring a lot. a 17, 18, 19-year-olds, they bring a lot to the table mm-hmm. that get dismissed because they're viewed as young. And uh, that's just not a good way of looking at it. You know, that is toxic. Is just because you condense someone down to their age or their sex or their religion <coughs> or their belief system and you don't listen to them, you're wrong. Uh, and now, that I don't really see that in the military too often. Um, I don't see that a whole lot. But I understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, again, I said it last podcast, blessed for the air force, you know, the the air force is one of those, it's, it is the future, absolutely the future of the military. Um, now some things need to be reined back a little bit, Mm -hmm. but we do a really good job, uh, of hearing our people out and listening. So yeah, you know, I agree with you though. You know, it's definitely, uh, uh, an experience gap, an age gap, a generational gap between a forty-year-old E8 versus a brand new E2, mm-hmm. E1. You know, it's definitely, uh, definitely challenging uh, you to the, mesh uh, those two.
0: Have you heard the term that they use for the older generation, of boomers? Yeah, 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 yeah. So all boomer.
1: Yeah. Yeah. See, you know, I, I just I don't get wrapped up in that. Uh, because I, I know it, it pisses people off, and I think that like, I, I know you're just meaning it as a joke, but I don't really say anything like that because then people don't want to have a conversation with you. No, of course. yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, if you have an 18-year-old looking at you saying, okay, boomer, let's yeah, talk. Yeah, you're like, shut the fuck yeah, up. The fuck what, up do you, what do you know?
1: Of course you're both going to go into a negative mindset. you Exactly.
0: Know? I think uh, something that was very interesting to me too, and it might be a little bit off topic, um, but it kind of ties into what we're talking about. So um, it talks basically about the times, what led us to these easy times. Um, so it talks about hard times create hard men. Hard mm-hmm. hard men. Create uh, what is it? Hard men hard, create hard, hard men create easy times. Yep, easy times create weak men. Mm-hmm. Weak, weak men, men create, create hard, hard times. times. Then hard times create it's, it's hard men. It's just a cycle, and we're going through cycle. that cycle right now. And it, it I mean, it is unparalleled, man. It is insane. We are really going through that because you look at our
1: easy times, bro. Yeah. We got. We I've live been, in the most advanced technological age in human history. Exactly. I mean, where you could hit a button and have whatever it is that you wanted here within a couple of hours to minutes to. Having a huge package delivered tomorrow. Everything's on demand. Absolutely. We live in the most advanced technological age in human history, and that's a huge thing. Every day that we live, we are breaking history. Yep. And that that's pretty incredible to think about, man. It is.
0: Every single day, we are literally breaking history, um, whether it's technology, whether it is just human feats, man. I don't know. There's a lot of things going on.
1: Um, and this is why this podcast is important. It's because we need to mesh. We need to be able to bring that together between... Do what's politically correct, our progressive mentality, and staying vigilant, staying yes. hard, you know, and instead of becoming dependent on these weaknesses, because you know, like our cell phones, if you don't moderate it, it can be a weakness. Yeah. It's playing video games can be a weakness, you know, so you need to need to be able to have some outlet to be able to discuss things to make people think. Well, that's- I definitely am hoping uh, you know with this podcast
0: and what we're really trying to achieve I hope people will see it like that um, and actually will listen and it really will hear what we're saying um, it is yeah we're in a profound time for sure yeah or, absolutely I don't, I don't I don't really know. There's a lot of things uh, that need fixing, a lot of things that need changing. Um, but like you said, yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully we can, you know, whether if we're not going to be the frontal force and actually really causing change, hopefully we it's a domino effect. Yeah. Um, I think within our name, too, that's a big thing to say. Um, you have a lot of these. You know, and I, and I hate to say alt-right or hating extremist groups. Really, there, there are a lot of different style groups that are backing, you know, quote unquote, the boogaloo. Uh, See, what's and I,
1: I hate alt-left and I hate alt-right. Yep. And I, I, I say hate intentionally, and I mean every essence of that word. I mean every letter of that word. Because it's just hatred on both sides exactly and
0: hatred is not what is going to in, in, enforce actual good change yeah that's not change that is what we're that's what we're being fueled by right now is hate yeah there's a lot of hate for other countries there's a lot of hate for other citizens there's people that you know are saying well you know the you know Mexicans that are jumping the border
1: they're ruining the country there's a lot of
0: there there <laughs> there's, is
1: there's a lot of hard-working people that come over here for a good opportunity exactly you know and I Here's the thing. I I completely agree with the secured border. I think that that we should have a wall. Um, Absolutely. But here's the thing. What would you do if you lived in an impoverished country country where you can barely afford anything? That's being run by a drug cartel. Yeah, absolutely. Many drug cartels where every politician is bought out. What What would you do if 30 minutes down the road on the American border, you just had to cross the border and go work at a crop? What would you do? I'm telling you this. I would go to that border... And get through every day and come back with money in my pocket so I can provide for my family. Absolutely. So I understand, and we just need to come to a common ground. We need yep. to come to a middle place where maybe I'm wrong, maybe you're wrong, maybe I'm right, and maybe you're you're right. Yeah. Um, and just kind of give way in some of this, because if we don't, then we're just going to keep going down the same path we've been going down. And it hasn't done America any good in the last 20 years, especially the last 12
0: I think that just goes with uh, basic human morality. Yeah. I think I think there I think there's a a distance between what it is to have you know American morality and what it is to have human morality. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both are extremely important. I think uh, I agree. I'm not going to dive in necessarily in what I believe with the border and stuff like that because um, hopefully I made it pretty clear with the first one. Ignorance is bliss, and I and I truly wholeheartedly believe that, um, especially when the information you're getting is all agenda driven. It's all you know politically driven. So um, it, it, it's, a, it's an odd thing,
1: man. I don't know. You know, you, if we have fruits of a country and we can give it to other people, then I think that we should. And why not? But then, and, and but, but we have to be careful because that's a slippery slope. Think of how much money we push off to other governments. Exactly. And, we, and we have a lot going on here that needs to get fixed.
0: And also it's a little bit of a scary topic. I mean, this even ties in with just general military is you help others, but in return you expect help as well. So I don't necessarily—obviously, we have the UN you know, in place and established and everything like that, but there is a, uh, there is a general sense of just humans helping humans, and mm-hmm. that, that doesn't happen anymore.
1: Yeah, see, I'm not a fan of the UN, but I understand the premise of what you're talking about. I just— uh, People helping people is what it comes down
0: people to. People helping people, and in government, that's not what happens, because what, what it comes down to in government— Agreed. Is great, And it comes down to the dollar sign. That is what the world is driven by. That's what war is driven by. Everything is in terms
1: of a financial gain. Um, so, respect, yeah. respectfully, as far as war goes, I'm going to have to kind of draw a line there just because... Are you talking about this current war? Are you talking about World War II? World See, no, 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 World no. What, what, what are we talking about? If
0: I if I had the chance to fight in World War II, I would I would die a very happy man to actually <laughs> have the the ability to take up arms against yeah, a a global, base you know just a global evil, mm-hmm. um, Hitler I and mean, his Nazi regime and all that. There, that is something that I would be willing to lay my life on the line for, an 18 year war. Uh, you know, in the Middle East, I think that's where you need to start taking a step back because we are not battling what we used to be. We are not battling what America was founded on. We are not battling um, this old style America right now. We are fighting what is currently happening: um, the current evilness and greed and corruption. And I think a perfect, a perfect example, man, is this 18-year war, which obviously now you know the Taliban and the U.S. have signed an agreement and stuff. I know you have some extra statistic and information on that. Um, in case somebody doesn't know, but to be there for 18 years, man, we went there for you know uh, what is it? Uh, what's the term for that? Basically, nuclear arms and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, weapons of mass destruction. destruction WMDs. So, weapons of mass destruction. Then I've heard stories that we were there for gold. We were there for oil while they were over there. Um, what the price of petrol what, went up two and a half times. Um, I couldn't answer that
1: specifically.
0: Um, so it, it ties in with that. The mm-hmm. you know the price of crude oil just massive, massively up. So it really makes you wonder, like, why the fuck are we there? Why do we have
1: teenagers getting their lives on the line? Why do we have... You know, I, I do believe... I, I definitely see where you're coming from because I I see where, where, where you're coming from. Um, and as and I to, and I agree with you for the most part. Yeah. Um, but where it's challenging is it, – it, of course, an 18-year war – we should have been out of there a long time ago. People either want democracy or they don't, and you can't force it upon them. The thing is, is that you have to understand the fundamental differences with Islam, okay? Islam is not just a religion. It's essentially a cult. Yep. You get inside this mentality of Islam first, Islam always first, and yep. Islam, if it isn't first, will kill you over it. Yep. And now, there are, now there, there, are, there are there are um, uh, correct um, – more progressive uh, Islamists, um, Islamic people. But what you see in, in the Middle East right now, in Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, Iran, well, mainly Iranian government, um, you see uh, violent uh, Islam. And if if it doesn't line up with Sharia law, then they don't want it. And democracy and Sharia law will never go together. It just doesn't work that way. Sharia law and democracy will never go hand in hand. And as long as the Middle East puts Islam first, which they always will, um, we're never going to see ourselves leaving that that area. So correct me if I'm wrong. Is what you're
0: saying, um, is your belief of why we're over there is to establish democracy? Is that what you truly believe? Yeah,
1: to establish some sort of... So I have a couple of different beliefs on it. Um... You know, I've been over there, um, and I just, I don't know, you know, we did a lot of good over there, uh, and I know a lot of people have done a lot of good over there. Um, I don't know, probably 18 years is just too long and I agree with you. There's no reason for us to, in my opinion, in, in my eyes, to be over there for 18 years. I feel like we should have pulled out a long time ago. As soon as they, they... They said they didn't want democracy and they demonstrated it and they started taking up arms against us. Then we shouldn't have been there. But I also understand where they're coming from from a certain degree. is because Mm -hmm. they're uneducated. um, They're very impoverished. And all they see is a person that doesn't look like them, now with weapons, who are invading their homeland. So what is your mindset going to go to? Your mindset is going to go, I'm going to defend my country. So it goes to... And this is just—I'm just provoking thought. Whenever I say this, this isn't saying that this is how I feel. Um, I just think it's important to explore both sides. But are the are some what we would call extremists actually just patriots of that country? See,
0: I think that's a that's a very good point. Yeah, and, and I, mean, I think it's something that us. we need to think of,
1: think about. You know, I
0: comparing though, looking at us defending our freedom and what we believe in, and towards with defending what they believe in. Looking at it, um, you know, as the whole classic, like, hippie mindset is, you know, well, we're there in their home, and they're defending, you know, their own. They're defending their land Mm -hmm. against us. We are the invaders. When in reality, um, there's a lot of evil going on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Stoning of gays, throwing them off, beheading, lighting on fire, drowning, raping, uh, literally uh, a 50-year-old man forcibly marrying uh, a 12-year-old girl. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, absolutely. But... Um, that brings in, you know, you, you look at American Man, and it's almost kind of like the, uh, like the older brother, right? Kind of trying to keep peace in the world and mm-hmm. stuff like that. The white horse. The white horse. I think what is confusing in nowadays culture, um, especially military culture within me and you, um, there's, a, there's a sense for wanting to do right. You know what I mean? You have people coming up and saying, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. It is. I, I want to do something worth being thanked for. Not to say I want to be thanked, but I want. I get what you mean. I want to have that uh, you know internal drive of doing something that's actually right. Now, if a you know somebody like Hitler came up, a dictatorship, classic North Korea, you look at it. We're you know obviously tempers are flared, but that right now we don't really know what's going on. Kim Jong Un, he's dead. He's alive. He's dead. His sister's going over. There's a lot of different things. And I was actually in Hawaii for the missile crisis yeah. uh, when the alert came on her phone and stuff like that. So. Um I think not having a, a worldwide just cause to fight for, I think that is kind of I think we're in this weird limbo state because you look at our forefathers, man, uh, just uh, you know, just grandparents, World War II. You look at World War II, man, that was a world war. Yeah, and that was fighting for you know for freedom. That really was. I'm mm-hmm. sorry it was, and fighting for the Jewish people. Yeah, absolutely. If I could have gone there during that time, I would have had so much pride in America. Um, I think what's happening now, though, is we don't necessarily have a, a force like that looking us in the eye saying, we are going to do some evil, disgusting, Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's,
1: that's the really challenging part about this war is you have no clear adversary. They could be somebody who's shining shoes or driving a taxi. You yes. know, it's really challenging. Um, it's a really difficult war. And, as, as, and this is where it comes down to you have to trust your politicians. But unfortunately, they've just proven themselves to not be trustworthy.
0: And I think... And that, and this is this is where it gets confusing, man. And I think this is where it is a, a perfect timing for us to be coming into this, um, is because you can't necessarily trust the politicians. Look at what's happening. Mm-hmm. Look at what has been happening. Look at you know just the general hate for our president. Coronavirus starting right after you know Trump has just uh, you know gotten through this impeachment, just you know mm-hmm. prevailed through all of it and stuff like that. And now you find out that the governments are actually paying coroners and hospitals a shit ton of money to if you die from, you know, you heart you disease. felt, you, oh, exactly, you have just no treatable heart disease, right, And you were about to die and you ended up having coronavirus, they're going to say you died of coronavirus. So there is definitely a pumping up of numbers happening. That is public documentation. It is a clear thing that's happening. I'm not saying coronavirus isn't real. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that is not a global pandemic, by no means. I am no doctor, no expert. But something we need to look at is, you know, what, uh, what the fuck is our government doing, man? Mm-hmm. What are they doing for us? What are you know? What's really going on? Um, I don't know, man. I, I hope that we can actually really bring forth light as to what's happening um, and really unite. And you know, that's why we're united. We boo, man. Mm-hmm. We're we're trying to you know get a clear message of unity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Which there's been none. Yeah, um, yeah. It's really challenging to find that. Um, but yeah, back to the Middle East real quick, if you don't mind. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's just really challenging whenever you're dealing with Islam. Uh, and we have to paint a clear picture you know I'm not sure if going to war with is are we at war with Islam are we at war with a country are we at war with multiple countries who believe in Islam it's just a really really challenging uh, time in war Uh, you know and yes we got attacked first 9-11 but it seems like our motive of being there has changed a million and one times. The reasons why we we're there. And it's just unfortunate because, you know, me and you and a lot of people I know have been involved in both of the current operations that we're dealing with. So I don't want anybody to think that we're slapping anybody across the face or we don't feel pride in our country or wearing the uniform or anything because that's not it at all. Yeah. Uh, what it is, is is I think that we do deserve, especially – warfighters uh, whether you work in a back office job or you're carrying a gun every day or you deploy as a special tactics person I do believe we we as individuals who have done that hold the right to ask questions like this because oh, because we've been asking them for years and they haven't been answered and so when when are those questions going to get answered and maybe they are answered and maybe I just don't have the knowledge of it maybe I'm completely uneducated and maybe somebody does have the knowledge of all this um, and that's the point of the podcast. We don't know everything, and we want to be able to ask the questions to get it out there so people can actually answer them, and we can answer them.
0: I love that you said that too, man. And something my, uh, th- something my father told me uh, that will really stick with me, um, it's a very simple th- thing. It's just it takes a long time to be caught up, and especially with what's going on. And I mean caught up as in what's happening in the government, You know what's being done with just general rights and everything. It takes a long time to be cut up in current events and Mm -hmm. things that have been happening because there's so much going on.
1: At every moment of every day.
0: Exactly. And the only information that we are being tossed is what CNN, what Fox News, what MSNBC, what they deem appropriate. And they have their own motives. And they have their own motives, man. But what what should scare people is within these these news groups, you have, um, you know, obviously you have your main story, right? If you look on the screen towards the bottom, there's the thick text right there. But below that... You have rotating text, and that's like the little minor stories. You will see, you know, Kim Kardashian um, and Kanye West. Something about, you know, well, you know, Kim Kardashian didn't agree with Kanye on this, and they're now they're launching a new shoe. Some stupid fucking information that doesn't matter. But right below that, you'll see, you know, eleven brutally murdered mm-hmm. in Venezuela. Um, you know, clearly drug cartel kidnapping. Some crazy fucking story that yeah. like people should know. Absolutely. Like, some big. And what they're being told is about Kim and Kanye, and you know what's going on with the everything. It's a distraction. It's a you distraction.
1: Know, it, it's, it, honestly, it's just meant to keep you going for the time being. Um, you know, Americans are really fake. Yeah. Um, Americans are weak right now, um, and we're so caught up by everything else around us that we're too stupid to open up our minds and realize that there's a lot more going on in the world. Of course. Um, you know, and it's just unfortunate. And unfortunately. Well, fortunate for the news agencies, but unfortunate for the rest of America, uh, that's what makes them money. is just bullshit like that yep. because America, Americans just aren't thinking logically.
0: And uh, something interesting that you were just talking about, uh, you know, things going on within that it ties into the Middle East that we were talking about, um, especially with like Islamists, extremists, and stuff like that. Uh, did you know that we I, – I mean, I'm sure that there's a few more that I'm not even seeing here, but did you know that in New Mexico we actually had a Islamic uh, training yeah, so
1: I, uh, this was a couple years ago. Yep, yep. Yeah, so I can actually speak on that. Um, so I did a lot of research with that. So uh, as many of you know, I was in the Texas National Guard, and the Texas Guard was deployed down to the border to combat against uh, human trafficking and illegal border crossings and the cartel. Uh, and uh, I believe that they're still there to some degree. <clears throat> well, uh there were Islamist groups that were attempting to pay the cartel to use their tunnels to sneak people into America. And coincidentally enough, the cartel actually ended up doing some good, is the cartel is Christians, they're Catholics, and Muslims, Islam. Mm-hmm. And so they actually had a fight, like that's literally what it was, was a fight in a disagreement between um, religious beliefs. And that's why it uh, ISIS which was the one that was using it uh, trying to use those tunnels is no longer there anymore Is because the cartels are like look get the fuck out of here which is just kind of coincidentally funny you know cartels are bad people you know they, they are but it's coincidentally funny that they also just did us some good by not allowing them to use their tunnels yeah or their tunnels I should say just kind of funny interesting
0: yeah it's a uh it's weird to see something that's all the way in the Middle East infiltrating something that we deal with. So, you know, wholeheartedly is obviously the cartel, connect the border. You know what I mean? It's, uh, that's obviously something that we know is going on. That actually, you know, that, that ties in another question that I'm sure a lot of people are asking. Why the fuck are we letting the cartel still run Mexico? Do you know about when, uh, um, when El Chapo's son got captured? I'm sure a few <laughs> listeners. So they captured... They killed, they killed the officers. Well, so, I mean, it goes much deeper than that, bro. It is, they captured the sun, and with 24 hours, they took over the entire Mexican government. They had cartels driving around the streets. You can look up pictures and videos, driving around with 50-cal fucking, 50-cal uh, turret machine guns in the back of pickup trucks and construction trucks. They killed so many people. They took over. They took hostages. They literally, they, they abrupted the entire government in, a, in less than 24 hours just to get that one man released that government is being run by the cartel. And it's yeah, a known thing. Absolutely. And if you just watch Narcos, you know. You know what I mean? That's the, the most basic level of understanding. And then you do your own research and it's like, holy shit. Um, we, have, we have a country right right there that is being run by a drug cartel. And,
1: what, and you're, I mean, you're asking why we're allowing it?
0: Well, I mean, it, it, obviously, there, there's a
1: lot more. You can't just necessarily invade a country and say that. Well, the reason why, the, the big reason why we're not meeting that head-on is strategy. You want to know that that's the truth. is strategy. We don't want to get into a conflict with the country beneath us um, and then move in, let's say, Russia or Iran or Korean missiles right there. And that puts them at a better strategic position. Yeah. Um, that's the big thing. Um, you know, but I also... <laughs> Luckily, Trump. I believe not too long ago, just a couple months ago, he uh, he labeled cartels a terrorist organization. Which they uh, are. They are. You know, if you look up the definition of terrorism, they're absolutely terrorists. Um, <clears throat> but that that's the big reason why I believe we're not meeting them head on is because of strategy. Is um, uh, we don't want a conflict so close to home, and we don't want to allow another country to move in to a tenant country you know what i mean
0: well i think it's a i mean it's a it's a good topic of conversation here because now we're going to start talking about you know this is this is a global thing the you know drugs are a global pandemic mm-hmm. um this doesn't just pertain to the united states yeah absolutely. Um, i know for a fact that you have drugs coming in uh all the way to russia to china obviously they have their own manufacturing plants and all that kind of stuff in their own underworld you know in crime but the majority percentage of drugs is manufactured created and shipped out from mexico that mm-hmm. is and that's without a doubt
1: south america in general
0: south america in general i'm sorry not just mexico uh south america in general so this is like a this is a global thing but also you have to look at the money tied in to you know to just the general drug tape you're talking about you know government agencies that are combating it you're talking about you know what's about, funny
1: is that they said that the, the collapse of the housing market in 2007 that The uh, the drug money that was uh, that was flowing to the market was the only thing that kept the economy alive.
0: See, that's that makes you think. Yeah, absolutely,
1: absolutely, Uh, kind of interesting. You know, because that was a huge crisis. A lot of people lost their homes. Yeah, a lot of people lost everything that they had. People living in cars, and the only thing that kept supposedly one of the only things that kept the economy moving was drug money. So I mean that, that makes tells you how many like a... trillions of dollars are in circulation over drugs.
0: Absolutely, I mean that's all tax free as well. You got to think <laughs> yeah. about that. There's no taxes coming. Yeah, I'd like out of to that.
1: see the IRS go after them.
0: Um, something if I could, uh pretty cool. I definitely don't want to dive too much into it because I personally would want to do more research because this is a very touchy subject, um, and I'm sure a lot of you guys know about it. But have you heard about uh, Project MKUltra?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, MK is so let's. We actually just need to dedicate a podcast to conspiracy theories, and but that's a confirmed one. Like yeah, this that, is that, this is not a conspiracy that theory. Crazy. This is this is a
0: confirmed yeah. like government military you know experiment uh, trial.
1: But just oh, what, being, what, do they have a do they have a word for a consperm confirmed uh, <laughs> yes. <Conspermed>. A confirmed. Yes, A Confirmed conspiracy theory. Um, I think that's called fact factual information. Uh, factual information. Okay, this very is factual good. information. But for anybody <laughs> that doesn't know.
0: Um, this, is, this was an old top-secret CIA project um, to where basically there was hundreds of different uh, clandestine experiments all pertaining to LSD, mm-hmm. um, talking about the warfighting capability of LSD, talking, just really diving deep. But what, what that kind of opens up for me is obviously you have LSD that is a, um, I know it's a felony, right? You, you have one end of LSD, one tab of acid, whatever it's called, um, it's a felony. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting, man, is that the government, you know, and I'm
1: using to weaponize it. And they also tested on the American people unwillingly.
0: They unwillingly tested this on the American people. And this is, this is factual information. This is something that the government actually did. You know what I mean? So it it does make you kind of think. So obviously the government is very open to using, you know, and I, and I'm going to say drugs. It's not just a chemical compound or anything like that. If you're using it to alter some sort of state of mind, then it is a drug. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, I don't know, man. That, that definitely opens up. I've heard a lot of stories about back in like, uh, you know, during the whole like Cuban Missile Crisis area over there in, uh, in Cuba and stuff and talking about, uh, you know, people that were in the Army and stuff like that over on the flight line. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard this, and I think Joe Rogan actually talked about it. Um, but they were on the flight line or something like that, and a guy was getting off of a C-130 with a briefcase or a cardboard box and a uh, and a massive bag of Coke fell out. Um, and it was uh, one of the guys who basically looked at him and said, you didn't see anything. And he got on the plane and left. Um, so it, it opens up, man, because they're obviously—I've um, heard a lot about, and this is something I will, again, not get too much into um, until I have the right information, but talking about back in, uh, back in, like, the suburban days, back in, like, the American Gangster Day, you know, the movie I'm talking yeah. about. So during all this, the government actually, um, you know, trying—this is a racist-fueled thing, racism— um, but basically pumping certain locations and neighborhoods full of uh, certain drugs. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. That's one of
1: the reason why they, the black community has been brought down is because they pump drugs into there. Yep. Uh, and that's that's actually something that I wanted to hit on a whole other podcast is about how things have affected the black community.
0: And we we will
1: be discussing yeah, that. like you know. Because th- this podcast isn't just for white dudes. This podcast isn't just for you know women or white people in general. This podcast is for every fucking body. Because it, the information is everything that a common person generally thinks about.
0: Exactly. When you and I, and again, I, I I know I'm probably annoying the fuck out of everybody listening, but United We boo. U W B. The main word is that is not the boo. It's United. Yeah. The American citizens need someone to say this is this is fucking enough. Yeah. We are done with this division. We are done being divided. We are the American people. We have not seen that since nine eleven. In all honesty, yeah, absolutely. nine eleven You it were brought good. us together. It brought us together. Look at the. And account. that's another one that we should hit on. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a whole conspiracy, you know, it theory so. in itself. And that I mean, we could talk about that for an easily an hour and a half. Um, you have know, you know tower number seven going down. You have you know the fact that there's no debris. Uh, you know, at the Pentagon, where the uh, the actual crash happened, not a single piece of airplane debris. Yeah, absolutely. No camera footage actually caught the tail number. Yeah, it's just kind
1: of funny. The most secure pla- one of the most secure places in the nation, and you don't have a a camera that works.
0: Absolutely. And even look at the uh, the crash off at the uh, in the field. I don't know oh, what yeah, state yeah. it was. There was yeah. still
1: no plane debris found. Yeah, it's really strange. So yes, everybody. I mean, there there, there was debris, but it just wasn't as like it wasn't how it should have been. No,
0: absolutely not. Um, God, I mean, you talk about a controlled demolition. Looking at those two towers falling down, that's a, that's a controlled demolition if you ever talk about one.
1: Yeah, I... I'm this is just be, this mean, is general physical. I would within. say Building 7 is definitely suspicious. Um, it's more than suspicious, it's outrageous. You no, have a no, third no, I, building no, absolutely. fall in a controlled demolition the exact well, same see, way. Well, see, you're saying controlled demolition like... I understand what you're saying whenever you say controlled demolition. Mm-hmm. It fell like a controlled demolition, yes. but, but there's no... Besides looking at it, saying that it's a controlled demolition, there's nothing that's defining that says it was a controlled demolition. Do I believe it's a controlled demolition? Yes. I think that there was a little something going on. Well, and there's actually a little – so there was an FBI – we're going to touch on this big time on another podcast, but there was an FBI um, uh, headquarters located in Building 7. There was also uh, a big case against Enron, if anybody knows, remembers Enron. Um, and the building collapsing uh, prevented them from paying, I believe, billions or trillions of dollars.
0: We know it's also, um, in case you, and I know you probably uh, are aware of this, but that the current news that was going on during there, do you remember the trillions of dollars that the U.S. government just had no record of? Where it oh, went? yeah, where it just went missing? Well, guess what? You want to know some amazing information? Absolutely. The office in the Pentagon, the area uh, that you know was hit by an airplane... Was that where the grumble. trillions of dollars were? Oh, that was the office. That's where the investigation was taking place. That is all the records of the financial losses,
1: gains, where all the money went really? to. That is where that was. See, so, you know, there's, there's only too many... You can only stack so many coincidences in one thing before you're like, okay, yeah, this is no longer a coincidence. This was absolutely planned. So, okay, so first and foremost, we're looking at coincidences.
0: Let's just look at the basic information of what happened. You had two airplanes hijacked, right? One hit tower Tower one, one hit the other tower, mm-hmm. correct? Okay, so with that happening, you have the whole
1: talk in the mindset of, you know, jet fuel cannot melt steel beams. What, you know— and that's absolutely true jet fuel cannot melt steel beams and I, I've i heard and I've never seen it but there were like lava pits of steel that were under the building yes um, now the one thing that does and then people don't people don't think about is the fact that Once steel gets to a certain point, even if it doesn't melt, it does lose its integrity to where it begins to bend or contort in some sort of way. So I would say... um, So if you have millions and millions of tons of steel pressing down, eventually you are going to collapse. But...
0: But having, having an, an airliner crash into the top of the building is not necessarily going to start yeah, melting from the bottom. Yeah, and people were saying and
1: that they experienced explosions on the on the ground floor. Exactly. There, there know, are actual news about.
0: broadcast videos, yeah, ladies they, and gentlemen. There is news broadcast videos of when this happened, hearing extra explosions, hearing a third, fourth, fifth explosion. And this is while they were getting interviewed, while all of this is happening. Mm-hmm. And they would hear an explosion. And then a plane would come. So it, it, it does make you think, because if, you, if you're looking at, you know, when you actually hear things, especially for us, when you're...
1: Uh, you have to mil- look at it really analytically. You, you have, have
0: to, to look at to- it analytically, man. Um, besides the two towers going down, though, right? Absolute tragedy. Um, yeah, absolutely. Tragedy right. to the American people and just our government in general. Um, but the, the thing that makes you start thinking is not just Tower 7. For those of you that don't know Tower 7, Tower 7 was
1: another... uh, That wasn't impacted by a plane at all, it just had general debris that was blown over to it. A small fire started out, and then it suddenly collapsed. Suddenly collapsed,
0: and I think that there
1: is no... Yeah, there's no reasonable explanation.
0: Well, besides the... I mean, of course. Besides controlled demolition. Besides controlled demolition, but there is no coincidence that there would have been... You said there was an FBI office? Yeah. Okay, so the fact that there is an FBI office in that one building, there's no coincidence to that. They're talking about, um, you said it was a Enron. Enron. So you're talking about this Enron investigation. A-A-Ron. And on top of this, though, you have multiple trillions of dollars, literally, that went missing. Yeah. And then 9-11 happened. It's a big deal. It is a massive deal. Yeah. No, Nobody talked about it anymore. After that, the investigation was literally just halted. Where did it go? Where? Yeah, that
1: whole commission they put together was pretty shitty. You look at the Pentagon.
0: The Pentagon is the main one that if you are ever questioning 9-11, and you were ever questioning, and this is not a, a tax saying it was fake or anything. It was obviously real. We lost thousands of lives that did not need to be lost that day. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at the Pentagon, man, the fact that that office, with all the financial records and stuff like that, was was hit by a massive, massive plane. When you look at the pictures of post debris there is not an airplane that was crashed there. That is, and you even look at the actual, uh, the damage that was done to the building and how it collapsed in on that one side. It was clearly hit. There was no wingspan damage. There was nothing. It was clearly an explosion. Um, you look at the, uh, the actual two video captured, uh, the what was able to capture it is when you're actually driving through, um, and it's one of the gates that you have to pass. It's basically, you know, you're, you're scanning your ID card, whether there's a guard there whatever it was, um, they have cameras there, down to like the millisecond. Um, the two- yeah,
1: we were just there in February.
0: Okay, so, so perfect. So then, when you're driving through there, the two cap, uh, the two cameras that were able to capture the plane, were off. Which means that one of them was edited. And also, what's really interesting is in both of those videos, where you should have seen a tail number, it skipped out. Really. So there's no tail number to the to the plane. There was no black box recovered. There wasn't even a, a, a fucking airplane tire, a wheel. That was that was recovered. And yeah. then you look at the uh, the crash that was out in the field. Where where is all the plane debris? Where's and that I'm not saying the planes didn't get hijacked, but it does make you start to think
1: about Then you have to think if all of this was controlled, one what happened to the people. Yep. Um, and are we in a war that we shouldn't be in?
0: Exactly. In a war maybe that we don't know is happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who and I'm not saying that it was an allowed thing that was, you know, somewhere in the government, they were like, yep, 9-11 is a needed thing. I don't know who knows what really happened, but that is one of those things that I really think people should never, ever forget. Obviously, you hear, don't forget 9-11 and stuff like that, but actually to ask questions and say, what really happened on this day? Um, You know, we had a lot of answers, and what what was amazing to me, though, another talking point is how in all of the debris from the towers, they actually found the passports and IDs of those terrorists that uh, hijacked the plane.
1: How, I remember hearing about that. Yeah.
0: How in all of that debris did they find those IDs and passports?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Whenever they were when they weren't even able to pull out a full body.
0: You can't even pull out a full body, but hey, yeah. there's a nice little stack of passports and
1: IDs that, you know, wrapped up with a ribbon that says, "Hey, by the way, we hijacked the plane." <laughs> yeah. You know, what we're going to have to get into this because this is going to be well, yeah, our, our, hours and hours and yeah. of conspiracy theories and um, now I'm not a huge I do believe in conspiracy theories. Because uh, there's some that are just so compelling that you can't ignore them. Now, they may not be confirmed, but they're just so legitimate that you can't ignore them. We should also get on Bigfoot. I Dude, I was have, just I, about I to actually, say Actually, I actually have a Bigfoot story, but we'll save it for oh, another podcast. Jesus, uh, I'm serious. I do have a Bigfoot story. I'm dead serious. And people can doubt it. Um, I actually pay really close attention to this guy. Uh, his name is Steve on How to Hunt. That's his YouTube page, is How to Hunt. Um, he, ha- he, re- he has some really compelling stuff, you know, some really compelling evidence. Um, uh, really cool dude. He's a tourist or he's a, uh, a guide up in British Columbia, Canada. And, uh, it's just really cool dude, but he has a lot of stories. Um, would you, uh, would you claim yourself to be a Bigfoot enthusiast or a Bigfoot hunter? En- enthusiast? Or I wouldn't claim either. Oh. Uh, I would claim that I believe in Bigfoot, um, and there's reason there's for the most part reasonable explanations why it, it's not really captured on camera or trail cams and stuff like that. For the most part, it's reasonable. Um, but that goes into a whole other conversation. I would hunt Bigfoot just for the fuck of it, because one, because I love the outdoors, and two, why not? You know, I mean, there's it, it, even if you never find the the, the the group of Bigfoot people or things, you know, hominoids or whatever you want to call them. I think the correct one um, would be a school of Bigfoot. A school of Bigfoot. <laughs> uh, you know, you run across a herd of Bigfoot or anything. The experience in itself would just be fun. You know, uh, Joe Rogan, and we brought him up a couple times. Mainly because, if you obviously can't tell, we're pretty big Joe Rogan advocates. We're, we're pretty big fans of him. Um, I've been following him since I was a little kid. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> shout out to Joe Rogan. Oh, we should also shout out the producer. Um, yes, Bert. please. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, if you made it this far on the podcast because we're over two hours now, congratulations, you've unlocked an achievement, Um, uh, UWB Achievement 1. You know what?
0: Actually, hold on real quick. Yeah, what's up, I'm actually, as an achievement, anybody that is listening right now, um, just to show our support to you guys, I'm going to go ahead and create a 25% discount code for the entire website. Um, That's going to be good for like a week.
1: Awesome. Love Um, it.
0: So if you guys are listening, um, that, uh, hold on, you know what? Let's decide. That discount code is going to be 25discount. Just, just type in 25discount.
1: Awesome. Spell the word discount. Spell
0: the word discount. So all awesome. one word. 25discount. That will get you guys a 25% discount. Good for a week uh, from when, you know, today. Uh, so yeah, if anybody does end up ordering, we'll know you listen. Um, we might throw you you know a little goodie your way. So anyways, keep so going. Bert
1: Kirscher. Bert Kirscher. He's the comedian known as The Machine. Big shout out to his producer. Um, so. Uh, It's a little challenging to get a hold of him because he's obviously very busy, but uh, he offered to help us out Because we have a connection with a friend who knows him and they're very good buddies. They're best friends Uh, He offered that if we needed any help to reach out and get a hold of him and that's exactly what I did so big shout out to Bert uh, Kersher and uh, his producer um, well mainly his producer Uh, his producer really helped us out and we really do appreciate you guys um, so hopefully, uh, you know, that'd be cool if we could have the machine on here at some point, absolutely. Uh, that would be a good <laughs> cool story be, here about uh, it would just infiltrating be, the Russian mob. Yeah, I'd love to I, hear that. Well, I, I hear we'll... that he hates telling that story now, well, yeah, because because he, has... it's because he has to tell it all the time. Like, the people expect for him to come out with a shirt off, drunk, telling the story. Like, I just want the dude to come in here and bullshit you know, oh. talk about whatever he wants, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But it would be cool to hear the story in it person, it cool the story. Um,
0: okay, so obviously, you know, we've, we've gone over two hours, I really don't mind having just talk as much as we can. Um, us much information as uh, you know we can possible forward what what is something else you'd like to discuss is there anything
1: you know pressing you or anything like that you think you know there's nothing on the top of my head that I could think of I mean there's of course uh, a couple other topics but I, I don't want to lose the audience absolutely so um,
0: yeah well I just uh, you know uh, for me personally I know Drake feels the same thank you guys for listening um, if you did make it this far thank you for everything um, again, I will always remind you guys. You guys can check us out. Uh, literally, everything is united. We boog. Yep. Uh, so podcasts. We have iTunes and Spotify. Spotify right now. iTunes will be coming. Uh, yeah, iTunes shortly. is
1: a little challenging because there's the biggest platform of podcast out there. So it takes a couple of days, 7 to 10 days for them to verify your podcast. Okay.
0: Uh, so 7 to 10 days on each of the episodes for iTunes. Um, we have Facebook, Instagram, all United We Boo.
1: We have Discord. Come and join the discussion. Uh, shout out to all of our Discord buddies. Uh, Patreon, if you wish to donate, feel free. If not, that's cool. We still love you.
0: Yep, absolutely. Um, yeah, and uh, really, again, I just want to reiterate that massive shout out to the guys on the Discord app uh, so far for just you know staying in touch, constantly talking, and stuff like that. Um, if you guys would be interested in actually joining our chat, um, even if you you know you necessarily want to be a UWB member or you really just want to get educated. Um, and just be a part of a really good discussion uh, we do have a personal Discord app a private messaging chat mm-hmm. uh, just for people you know within our group so absolutely um, yeah so anybody have any ideas or anything like that especially topics to talk on please feel free to message us email us um, anything like that we would love to hear from you guys
1: yeah guys well uh, we appreciate you for tuning in to episode 2 um, and uh, hopefully we get a little more crisper and things start working out and uh, yeah we love having you guys thank you very much for listening and your, uh, your time here